1: Before we kick off the show, if you're a fan
2: of History Hack, please do what you can to support the show. We completely get that not everyone is able or willing to dig into their pockets. Times are hard, but by dropping a like, subscribing on Twitter and YouTube, and importantly, leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts, you can help the programme grow and reach more people. If you're interested in becoming a supporter, go to patreon.com forward slash historyhack, where you'll find perks from secret Facebook groups to early release material. If you just want to leave us a one-off tip, go to co-fee.com forward slash historyhack. The links are in the description. And whatever form your kind support takes, know that we are massively grateful. Enjoy the show.
3: Hello and welcome to a very special New Year's Day episode of History Hack, uh, where we are doing... The history of History Hack. It's like a reminiscence episode. Uh, Alina is here, kind of. Alina?
4: I am here. Unfortunately,
3: I am driving, but I am here. Keep your eyes on the road, damn it. Eyes on the road. <laughs> I've got to be here, though. But you had to be here. How could you not be? So even if you're only kind of half here and listening in um, and just interjecting the odd bit of nonsense, you could not be here. Uh, and obviously, we've got, like, the rest of the, the management crew, Boney, who's like got some gimpy eye thing going on. What's the matter with your eye? I,
5: I my my eye is trying to escape, I believe. It's it's not it's not pleasant. To be fair, this is better. This is the main reason why there won't be a video of this because I just look like more than a freak than I normally Hilariously,
3: do. Hilariously, you're you're gonna be here for the first bit, but you've got people coming around. So you've got to face guests with that face.
5: I I I, I do. They've come from up <laughs> north, so they're probably used to, to
6: have, you, have you considered wearing an eye patch? I've got an iPad. Oh, do it! it but it's fantastic. <laughs> and my if anyone daughter...
3: asks you what happened, you've got to say, I "Don't like to talk about it. It was in Nam. <laughs> right. I, I we... went full.
5: I went full pirate for my daughter yesterday. She found it funny for a minute, and then that well, she is kid.
3: like nineteen. She's probably yeah. now like, "Please God, don't let him do any selfies of this." Uh, Zach, Zach is here, obviously, chief of staff. You're right, Zach.
2: I'm all right, mate. How are you doing?
3: This is all your idea, mate.
2: Yes, yes, it is. It's a little bit self indulgent, isn't it? But I just kind of decided, nah, fuck fuck it. it," Basically,
3: so this, but you've turned it into like this really weird sober lunchtime gathering at the Mary Rose, cause you've invited other people. Um, I'm just gonna hand over to you mate, so I got really, you were so, like every now and again, Zach just goes, yes boss, yes boss, yes boss. And every now and again, he goes, no, I am in charge of this, <laughs> this is how it's gonna be. And it's a bit of a turn on, um, even if he <laughs> is my history brother. So we just let him do it. Um, so go for it. Speaking of people who might touch their brothers inappropriately, you've got Lockie here.
6: It's true. No, well, we rarely touch inappropriately. Um, it's what's, what's
3: appropriate in Suffolk?
6: Yeah, no, it's true. Um, <laughs> I, I, do, I do feel like, you know, a bunch of people who usually meet at the pub uh, and someone suddenly decides, hey, maybe let's go for coffee. Um, let's go for in, brunch. In, in, or let's go for <laughs> What the hell is this?
3: <laughs> Zach, who else did you invite and why?
7: <laughs> Sorry, as I just try car recover myself and um, laughing.
2: So I've brought my extended podcasting family along as well So I have the other Mrs White, my podcasting wife Hello Charlie, how you doing? I'm good, happy new year to you podcasting husband Thank you very much, happy new year to you And we have my other history sis uh, So Alex has kind of become my older, not much older, history sister <laughs> Listen to add that in, smooth <laughs> operator here uh, but oh, Ever also since got...
3: you've got a girlfriend, you've turned into a right fucking smooth bastard You know that <laughs> It's got, it's got all the, all the moves.
2: <laughs> but my other history sis is in the house. Beth, how you doing, mate?
8: I'm good, thank you, Zach. Thank you for inviting me along for this. I always enjoy getting together with you r-
3: weird people. So. It would be really hilarious. Could you imagine her reaction if we didn't invite her?
8: Oh, I, I might never speak to any of you ever. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Bye. awkward for lots and lots of things.
2: Right, let's, let's start this off because this is going to be an, an absolute odyssey, I reckon. If we do this in under two hours, I'm going to be staggered. Um, Shall we go around the room and just kind of talk about how people got involved, first of all? You know, like the, the Genesis moment, which really means I'm, I'm going to make the boss talk first, Alex.
3: Well, it shouldn't Alina. be me that talks first, it should be Alina.
2: Yeah, Alina, that's a nice one. Alina, talk us through how it started.
3: Uh, do you know
4: what? Uh, okay, I'm going to is this really long story, but I'm going to try and cut it down to less than two hours. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if you could, because Beth's got a spreadsheet of stuff
4: she wants to say. <laughs> well, I, can do it in, I can do it in under two minutes. Time me. No, don't time me, just in case I don't do it in under two minutes. Okay, so uh, it all started out. I was in London uh, from Poland in, funny enough, March 2020. And what happened in March 2020, everyone? The world imploded. The world imploded, exactly. So uh, March 2020, I'm stuck in Poland and I'm kind of like, I'm uh, a pilot of Poland. I'm stuck in England and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm bored. I know I'm going to undergo quarantine when I get back. Poland sends out planes, repatriation planes around the world. Awesome. I got repatriated. I mean, the last time people were being repatriated was like in the 1940s or 19, uh, late 1950s. Awesome. Love it. So I got repatriated and I'm stuck in quarantine. I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm bored. I've got nothing to do. You know, I'm online teaching. It's so incredibly boring. I've got to do something else. We can't do on lectures because online lectures didn't start yet. Nobody's doing anything. And I'm thinking, holy shit, I've got to do something with myself. And I thought, oh, maybe I should start a podcast. And this is way before this whole podcasting thing exploded because podcasts weren't a massive thing just yet. I mean, they they were out there, but they weren't this big. And I was like, I've got to do something. And I was thinking, who can I call? That would be really good fun to um, to kind of get on board with. And the first person I call uh, is Alex. And I'm like, hey, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. What do you think? And she was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's start that. That would be really interesting. And it just started ball, ball rolling from this one phone call to this, I don't know, 500 and something episode, two-year saga thing,
3: if I'm right. Yes, yeah, you are. Um and what is hilarious is, like, is Alina's, we all know Alina's quite faffy. She was all like, yeah, it'd be great, we'll have a podcast, we'll make some episodes. And within two weeks, like, we were both working 80 hours a week, she was like, I don't I want to do this anymore. I was like, you need to shut up, we're getting downloads, this is how it is, suck it up. And we <laughs> were doing, like, nine episodes a week in lockdown. Do oh. you
4: remember, it was like five or six a day we were recording.
3: Yeah, we were, we were insane. There was no... And then like at that time, it was taking me like half an hour to edit each one at least. And it was just like, yeah. It was.
4: Oh, well, Because I remember, Oh, you know, we were trying to find our fit in at first. And it was a bit of... Especially for me, I've got to tell you, I mean, now I'm far more confident doing stuff, especially like talks and, and things like that. But at the beginning, it was really terrifying. I was... between Before every episode, I literally wanted to throw up.
3: There's a massive difference in those first few episodes in how you sound and how you sound now. I think it's true for all of us, I think. Um, do you want some stats? Should we chuck some stats in here before we ask the rest of you how you jumped on? Um, I looked last night because Beth made me because she has an incessant need to know everything about everything. Um, and actually, Alina, we looked up. So if you subtract all the TV episodes, which obviously have famous people in, so like the top episodes for downloads ever is the first instalment of the Band of Brothers cast. Second is Sean Bean. Third is Yo and Griffith. But the top, still the top episode ever without any TV connections, is episode number one with Guy and Luke, which is, you had that all lined up before I said yes, didn't you? You've already asked them. Yeah, I got,
4: I got in contact with Guy Walters and I was thinking, oh, and Luke. You know, because at that time, I think, you know, we weren't networking as much. I mean, we were networking, but not as much as we do now. And I was like, who who can we pull in? And we were pulling in all our content. Like, every single it was company. quite funny.
3: Beth and I were scrolling down the list at two o'clock this morning. And she was like, oh, my God, you had Mary Beard. Oh, my God, you had James Holland! Oh, my God, you had Dan Snow. Oh, my God, you had Susanna Lipscomb. I was like, yeah, I pulled in every possible person that I could grovel to in those first two weeks. But you got Mary Beard. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I don't even remember how I did that. I think it was, it was, I think maybe in a week or two that we were kind of, well, maybe even three weeks we were in. And I no,
3: kind of she's episode about, nine. Is she episode nine? Yeah, she took episode. a, she took a punt on us before we'd even done anything really. Yeah, because I think she was bored because I was checking out what she's doing, you know, you know, stalk
4: Beard on social media as you do. And she wasn't doing much. Like she's always filming or writing a book or and she wasn't doing much. So I think I took a stab in the dark. Oh no, that was, I've just clocked how I did it. So I was in contact with her when I was running the History Society at uni, and um, she kind of still remembered me, I think. So I just took it's a stab hard and said to her, to
3: be fair. Uh, <laughs> just, uh,
4: just, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but it worked. It, it, it bloody did. well
3: worked. Anyway, we're almost, we're almost going to go, in the next couple of weeks, we'll go over a million downloads, people.
0: Yay.
3: Um, we have and do you know what really surprised me is how spread out around the world it is. Um so we are well over 100 countries downloads now, which is insane. Um it's mostly we've we've basically conquered North America, Europe, Um, We even have downloads in Mongolia and stuff. Asia's pretty much conquered. And that is only Africa where we're lagging, really. And obviously North Korea, because they're not allowed the internet. But we've had a quarter of a million downloads in America. We've had downloads in every American state. Um, I remember South Dakota being the one last state holding out. Um, which really got on my nerves. And then someone in South Dakota obviously took pity on us and downloaded something. Uh, I remember you done... tweeting about that. <laughs> yeah, Angry we Alex
2: tweets me. What
9: is it with you people in South fucking
3: Dakota? And Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> I was nice about you when I visited uh, all of Australia, <laughs> all across Australia. Yeah, Hawaii as well. Alaska. Um, Canada. I've got a bone to pick with Canada because we've done all the territories in Canada, except the Yukon need to pull their finger out. <laughs> Even like... There's
6: only seven people in Yukon and no internet. But is it like
3: (laughs) Nunavut? We have four downloads there. They've pulled their finger out. Get on it, Yukon. Uh, But yeah, well over um, thousands of downloads in Canada. Um, Yeah, and it's insane. Absolutely insane. Um, But then I think Alina and I would have killed ourselves, Zach, if we hadn't uh, found more people to help carry the load. So take it away.
2: Yeah I was a a slow one to to join the party. First time I kind of heard properly about History Hack I got a message from Alina and I'm going to quote this to you because I promise this is not a word of a lie. It started,
9: oi oi.
2: (laughs) We followed each other on Twitter but she just went oi oi do you want to come and do some Napoleonic recording with us on History Hack? And this was a point where I didn't. I knew who Alina was. I didn't really know who Alex was, other than being that kind of eloquent one on the telly who crops up occasionally and talks about Titanic and never swears. <laughs> and never swears. <laughs> that was a baptism of fire, wasn't it? Um, and then, yeah, you and I'm going to name drop shamelessly here, uh, and I'm not even sorry. And Marcus is going to pull a face uh, like a slapped ass as I do it. But um, you dropped me into that interview with Sean Bean, which was the first yeah. time anyone had asked me for my opinion in a professional capacity about well anything really um
3: <laughs> do you know what though it was because Alina and I sat there and oh my god Sean Bean said yes he's really born he's even gonna have someone go around there and show him how to use zoom it's amazing um and then it was like fuck we know nothing about sharp or Napoleonic history and Alina went watch sharp uh, so no, no, I
4: know I know what sharp is so my mum used to watch it and was she sharp. <laughs>
3: but that's about as far as Where my knowledge of sharp goes it's like so we were days. like shamelessly so i remember saying to her i'll find someone who knows what they're talking about otherwise this is gonna be a really short podcast
2: so what you're basically saying is you were desperate <laughs> and went well, we, back. Had, <laughs>
3: we had already three napoleonic historians throwing themselves at us uh including you but you were the least scary
2: i was the least scary yeah I'm okay. like a
3: bear a little tiny bear <laughs>
4: Bears are quite
3: scary. What? Tiny bear, little tiny bear. Tiny bears aren't scary. Oh, my God. I'm sure she's going to go on about Vojtek the bear later on anyway. You know what? It's on my list. It's on my list. Don't even get me started. So when Beth and I were scrolling, Zach, we also scrolled past like episode number whatever, and it was like, historian Matt Bone joins us to talk all about Hawker Typhoon, (laughs) mastermind (laughs) subject of choice. (laughs)
5: <laughs> and, and I specifically said, don't call me a historian. And <laughs> Alina went, we're calling everybody historians. It's
4: fine. No <laughs> <laughs> one gives a shit. We're all fucking historians.
5: Yeah. I, 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 was, I, was, a, I was a guest. I, 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 was, I, I remember when they, they put the thing out saying, because I met you guys at Chalk Valley. And yeah. we, ha- we heckled Alina and then we tried to heckle Alex in the big tent, but then she started throwing sweets at us.
3: And then Dan Snow uh, made me a gin and tonic.
5: Yeah. It was, it was, it was, yeah, we're name dropping here like pros. Yeah. Um, and um, they said, they said, we're going to do a podcast. I said, well, yeah, you know, I'm still involved with this typhoon thing. We can do typhoons. And they're like, great. We'll get you on straight away. And then it was like, more important people, more important people, more <laughs> important people, more important people. And then it was, well, we've run out of important people. Do you want to come on? And then it was still like in two months time. So this is, this is, this is going places.
4: Don't take it like that. No, don't take it like that. Do you know what it was? It's because we were trying to build up a bit of a reputation.
5: And, and then, he needed good people before you went uh, to me. Yeah. Was, yeah do you yeah. know
3: what? More than likely it was just, and then they didn't get their shit together, and then they didn't get their shit together, and then they didn't get, and then they got worried they defended Matt, so they messaged
4: him. Yeah, that was it. That, was, that is probably most likely. Alina, did you do it? No, Alex, did you do it? No. Alina, did you do it? No. Shit.
3: He's answering the messages in the History Hack Twitter. That's still an issue, by the way, guys. There are three in there that appear to be for Zach. just saying.
5: Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and then i don't i don't matt what was the story with you getting more involved and
5: well i i i am um, i i burnt my bridges with with that particular project um and i can't remember what happened but but you you said as you now have loads of free time do, do you do you because i i'd I made some comment about wendy being quite happy that i wasn't wasting all my time on the on a typhoon project that wasn't going anywhere. You went, well, do you you fancy doing a show a month about planes and stuff? So yeah, right? And a show a month quickly became two. quickly became, can you help us out with the other stuff? And can you help us out corralling this lot down the pub? Can you help us? And then all of a sudden, all that free time, miraculously disappeared. I vaguely
3: remember Wendy referring to us as your other women at one point. At the
5: yeah. beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone from that bloody typhoon to that bloody podcast now.
0: <laughs>
5: but it's, it's, been, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. Look, we're all sitting here after what was it, eight, 18 months doing this, still smiling at each other. We still get together. It's nice. Beth is smiling and she's not got a big thing of sweets in front of her, which is just really weird. So yeah, this is why we're doing it first thing in the morning. You
3: say but that yeah. there's a six pack of Skittles, which is half empty that she's looking at right now.
8: Look at Literally, her. I can see <laughs> it in my eye line.
6: It's
5: like a crack addict, isn't it? it's <laughs> well,
6: half Live a dealer over there that's sort of looking at me in much the same sort of way.
3: <laughs> go on, Zach, you carry on.
6: So down the
2: pub people, let's go to Lockie first. Lockie, what was your kind of initiation into this?
6: I think it's almost like a, almost like a gravitational pull uh, of people, really, because, I mean, like most sort of history freelancy types, um, you're sort of scrabbling around for things to do when you're not allowed to tour. And, and um, I'd, I'd relatively recently been on the Dan Hill thing, the history at home thing, doing a SOM talk, which went quite well um also the day before the lockdown was announced I actually spent with you Zach uh, I don't I don't know if you remember that was the I day do, and three minute and your thesis. bag got
2: nicked
6: and my bag got nicked and so I then embarked on this cross London adventure to retrieve it because inside my bag was my laptop my iPad uh, all my kind of PhD notes and, and everything because I've been presenting on it and so I'd had had it all kind of with me and, uh, yeah, so I then tracked the little scrote who nicked my bag um, using the iPad and um, an Apple find my kit thing um, across. I ran down the Tottenham Court Road tube, uh, the, got the ping at Camden. And, and so I got out at Camden It's like, oh, crap, no, it's pinged at Archway. I got back down to the tube, boom, out to Archway. I'd have Signal loved went,
3: to have seen the look on the scrote's face when you walked around the corner and went, oi.
6: Well, he was, he was sat in McDonald's, because yeah, I'd given up. The, the, the trail went cold uh, when I got there, and I was like, shit, what do I do? And like, I just chanced my arm and strolled into McDonald's. I was like, that is my bag. That's my bag. Uh, and Went over to him, he went, made, made a bit of a squeaky noise, and um, and I left with my bag. And then well, That's back. the so- kind of
2: noise that I made
6: when I met you.
2: Um, <laughs> and, and I hadn't nicked your bag, I hasten to add. I think my precise words were, fucking hell, you weren't kidding
9: about Big Andy Locke, were you?
6: No, it's not a cryptic name. Um, <laughs> yeah, how many people's Twitter handles is their name and a physical description of them? But it's, uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of my last bit of freedom. Uh, actual fact, I spent with Zach. And then, you know, could Zach joined the kind of team a little bit earlier than I did. And so did Beth. And so there were a couple of people that I knew. And I know, you know, Alex from things uh, before as well. So there was just a little bit of a gravitational pull of people I knew involved. And and then a conversation was made about doing something for the SOM uh, commemorative, but not not just a doom and gloom kind of SOM podcast. Everyone's doing them. Let's look at success on the first day. So my, my first podcast wasn't the Down the Pub. It was um, looking at uh, 13 Corps success on the opening day of the SOM offensive, which was all right. That's There that was a, a, a decent little story that needed telling. And then pretty soon afterwards, I got hooked in for a, for a Down the Pub um, in July of last year and uh, it was the greatest britain um one that we did uh, and i think i defied convention by going for charles darwin uh, which was nice but uh i didn't win but rarely do <laughs> so yeah that was that was it the kind of uh, a combination of several people that i i knew and and then doing something relevant and then doing some stuff that's very irrelevant i know uh,
2: in the process getting
6: insulted relentlessly by Alex about all of your rugby stuff. Yes, well that's fine. Yeah you know, we, we rugby players insult each other so we're used to it. Okay Beth, what about you?
2: Another World War I reprobate. How did you get drawn into this? I'm
8: the least reprobate of all of the people on Down for. Um, <laughs> I got involved my, i went back my very first episode was episode number 44 um i <laughs> can we let's just pause no just pause we need to provide the context first no we don't let's yes, just I do that sounded
3: like no the first time she ever opened her mouth on history hack because it's, no. it's hey everyone all right how's <gasps> locked down
8: lockdown's going really well up here uh in the midlands where i am not too bad um just trying to not get too bored i suppose really
3: excellent okay and in terms of experts today oh we've just <laughs> that
8: was the first time she I, was was so so nervous. Nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous so that was one of the really first ones wasn't it like it was one of the first down the pubs i think like number two or three or something like that and You'd put on Alex put on Twitter saying we need someone to come and talk about um, a First World War battle for most iconic British battle. Um and some one of my friends on Twitter tagged me in it. And it just it went from there, really. Like we got in touch with each other and I knew as I knew of Alex, obviously TV, books and so on, but I'd never interacted with Alex before then and we sort of like knew each other through mutual people and 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 so on and just it just went from there and then I didn't do one for a little while after that I think I joined back on a couple of episodes before the Greatest Britain one and then it's kind of just gone from there but this that episode that episode and being asked to to go on it and do it and then stay on the podcast and so on is probably the main reason why I'm still doing this with Alex and you know how she's the fact she's still in my life because of the great war group. You know what's it's, really hilarious though? You oh, want to know
3: where Beth gets her ridiculous competitive nature from. Who takes all the credit for all of
8: it, Beth? My mom. <laughs> what's her logic? My mom's logic is that because when I was, oh God, like, seven eight years ago maybe even a bit longer alex was on the tv on her it was a rerun i think of the titanic program and my mom said you know what you should arrange to meet up with this female historian because there's not many in military history worlds and you should meet up with her because it should be a good thing so she now takes credit for everything she takes credit for the great war group she literally i was i was at my my parents house for christmas and I rang Alex, to we were thanking each other for presents and so on and she was just like, she was just sat there so smug and I was like, is this what I'm like?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just a teeny
8: tiny bit.
2: Just a tiny bit If it's any consolation, my first appearance, I swear my voice is an octave higher than it normally is. (laughs) Alex goes, hi Zach.
8: (laughs) Hello Alex. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like, it was my first time. I'd never done anything like that before i'd never really done any sort of proper speaking or anything like that i know it was a like a do guiding but that is a very different kettle of fish
2: well Um, it was quite new for us wasn't it because i mean i remember trembling literally just shaking the whole way through my first appearance and probably my next 20 appearances
3: yeah i remember the 20 pages of notes you brought to the shawleen episode (laughs) Everything you'd ever learned about Napoleonic warfare in note form, ready to go, in case. And then I was the Sean Cooper. Bean. Asked you a question you couldn't answer. <laughs> I was, I was like the that. one who
2: just shitted over the reputation of the 95th Rifles, and everybody hated me for it. Yeah. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Yeah, I, I was definitely yeah, like that. I actually, remember bringing my pile of notes to that episode and we're like, right, I've got to make sure I know everything about it because I did the Battle of the Song. I was like, I've got to know everything I know about the Battle of the Somp here in paper form, so I know exactly what I've
3: realised now that when I said to you, this is the argument I would have made myself if I was entering, that's like no pressure. I like.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah. Go on, Alina. Yeah, I just want to throw in, Zach, you didn't sound nervous at all. You sounded really confident. So, don't feel that you
3: didn't sound like you didn't. No, you within did. like and 10 minutes, every time Sean Bean had a question, he'd be like, Zach, what do you think? And stuff. So it was <laughs> like, you, you fooled Sean at least.
2: Yeah, but you know, history is just bullshitting with confidence, right? Yes. Also, my girlfriend keeps telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, oh, my
8: girlfriend i know how many times is he gonna do my girlfriend,
5: girlfriend. my girlfriend i'm 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 running i'm running a book so far we're, we're, we're trending to my target
2: <laughs> <laughs> like Jason selfie mentioning his um charlie save us let's, let's move the conversation <laughs> on how did you get drawn in
10: uh well yeah i, I came in through through being a fan. So, um, so my, my real life husband, Chris had been listening to the Band of Brothers episodes and he loved the podcast and said, you've got to listen to this. So of course it did. And he said, you should, they're always asking for people to get involved and you know stuff. And I said, no, I don't know stuff. And, you know, in terms of imposter syndrome, yeah, it's, the force is strong in this one. So, you know, it took it took a lot to get in touch and say, hello, here I am. And uh, I my first episode was, I, I looked it up. I'm not going to be out girly swatted by Beth. I looked it up. My first episode was episode 155, which was a Down the Pub in July, 2020. And it was the episode in which the greatest Britain was revealed. And as part of that, we also looked at history's biggest twat and uh and I got saved to last to come in and just basically blow you all out of the water with Oliver Cromwell who we know officially is history's biggest twat but said imposter syndrome by the time you got to me I was what two and a half hours drunk and uh (laughs) having to having to make my point about Oliver Cromwell and uh yeah my first solo episode was about Marilyn Monroe and I wrote 10,000 words of notes. 10,000. No way. I look at
3: Lockie's face. He's like, oh. that's a tenth of my PhD. What yeah. is wrong with you?
10: <laughs> Have you not noticed I'm wordy, Lockie?
6: <laughs> Most certainly, yes. I thought it just came. Like, just... No, it, this is a, all
8: written. You cannot appreciate the noticed. level of girly swat that's going yeah. on. <laughs>
5: Everybody on this sh- on this show that is regular on it, there's a lot more prep than me. I think I really <laughs> need to <out> my game. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay.
10: it's that fear of being caught out, isn't it? You know, we, we started off you know, sort of laughing about being called historians, and it's uh, you know, it's a it's a big thing to stand up and put your neck out and say, do you know what? I know about this shit because I've spent what twenty years reading about it, and. It, it was a big deal for me to get involved and to, to stand up and be counted because I always, I always feel like I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not qualified to be here. But the joke is I'm more qualified to talk to people about history than I am about cake because I don't yeah. have a single qualification in baking or culinary arts or anything like that. I just baked my entire life. And now I've got two published books and go around the The country telling people how to bake. I've got an A level in history, baby.
3: Speaking of though, you are. But I'm so proud of how much everyone has grown on this program. This is really sappy. Um, Beth's gonna cry. I really am. Like everybody has grown so much. Like Lockie's personality fully comes out on these now. (laughs) Uh, Beth is just out of control. Uh, Charlie, you're writing your first history book contribution.
10: I know. I'm actually contributing to a book with such eminent historians as Alex Churchill, (laughs) Matt Lewis, uh, Leander
3: DeLisle, Miranda Malins, yeah, and and more. But, Zach, you've had people um, pulling out their favourite clips, and I guess we need to get to Boney, don't we, before Wendy commandeers him and his gammy eye for social stuff.
2: We do, we do. So we wanted kind of most memorable moments from people. Um, and yeah, only I'm just going to let you take this one away In, in enlighten us about your favorite moments.
5: It, I, it's funny. I, I was going back through the very large folder I have on my computer of all the episodes from the, the last little while. And I, I, I'm, I'm quite pleased with the work we do as a team. I think quality is pretty high. Um, I think the, the, most ten, the most fun does tend to be down the pub. Um, so my favorite moment down the pub was this one so this was my first time hosting down the pub which I had literally four minutes notice for when Alex went I can't be asked can you do it so this was it and it was um, I think I can't even remember which one it was but it was um, sort of history's sort of best forgotten people but this is where we go right let's Let's go to James. I think let's let's see if he can he can he can lower the tone from pickles because I I liked despite having to drink half a bottle of whiskey during that entire thing. Um I liked pickles. So let's see if, what you can do, young James.
3: Right. I I bent the rule slightly because originally
2: I was only going to choose the
5: In that case I'm gonna mute you and we're gonna move on because we don't <laughs> like <your agendas>. <laughs> Um <laughs>
6: Oh, oh
5: my god! That's so mean. <laughs> so there, funny. So, so there, so there we go. So what people doesn't know, that's the one that went out and it immediately. Then goes on to Clive. <laughs> I felt bad, so we did let him do the whole thing again, and then I just edited it out. Listen, <laughs> James, I do, I do apologise for that. Um, but um, it, 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 it got a laugh, and I also have from that episode thirty sec a hot clip of thirty seconds of nothing but Clive chuckling.
3: I'll oh, do it he's put such an evil laugh.
5: Yes. So when I'm feeling down I put this 56 <laughs> second long clip and I get happy.
4: <laughs> happy that. I want that as my ringtone. <laughs> oh we love to fly.
5: Oh, fly, fly, fly. I it something no
6: you might notice.
5: Yeah. There we, there we are. So I love uh, those... the
3: various stages Mrs. Clive has gone through, which is shock that yeah. he's hanging around with us. Um grief that he's making a tit of himself. And then just acceptance, just let him get on with it. <laughs> <laughs>
5: um I, I to be fair, I, I I have I have lots of other favourite moments. Um I've got a couple from the Band of Brothers thing. Um it, it's it's funny. I was looking through the episodes here earlier when we're getting ready for this and i just want to say i i I feel really fortunate to be involved in this because i've got to do some amazing stuff with some amazing people um with the the history sisses you know we've had lots of fun with beth and then i'm going to bigger up because i think the episodes i've done with charlie have been my favorite we've got to speak to Anthony Penrose and Amy Bohassan about Lee Miller and Anthony Penrose. We've, we geeked out so hard with Helen O'Hara. Wasn't that brilliant? It was so much, we've got to have her back. She was, she was brilliant. Um, And, you know, when, when we got Abbott, Abbott on to talk about um, uh, Prohibition, um, Ghosts of Eden Park, that was, you know, it was, it's just been, I think it's as much fun asking questions with you guys as it is, finding fantastic guests to have on. So that's that's always been a real privilege. So I just wanted to say thank thank you to everybody for putting up with me. And the, the the one Zach and I do usually start with 30 seconds of us trying to one up each other to get control of the episode and then I lose. And it's just <laughs> like that usually they start
2: with me making a tit of myself about recording, but we just edit that bit out.
5: Well that's that's the wonderful thing about when you get to do your own edit, because you just spend the whole time making yourself sound good. Um, You know
3: what I've done before is when Alina hasn't laughed at my jokes. I knew you were going to come out with this. How did I know? I've got got various clips of her laughing that I just insert after my jokes. But like sometimes I find it really funny to do a really out of context cackle after something that's not that funny. So she looks like a dick.
4: thanks for that one I I remember you saying that you were doing that I was like holy shit no she's not I was just so is.
3: I was indignant one day that you didn't laugh at my joke and I was like I'll fucking make you laugh
4: <laughs> and you literally did make me yeah. feel like oh my god <laughs> thank god you didn't put that into any sensitive episodes or did you holy shit I'm gonna have to go through all the history check now
3: She's going to die for the Holocaust episodes to make sure I know I'm not that bad. Well, that would help <laughs> our download
2: statistics, wouldn't it? There we go, a little bit. Yeah.
4: That would ruin my career. Yay! <laughs> Do not edit that laugh. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs>
5: we'll put we'll put your put your laugh in, in inappropriate places in this one. You're just ha, 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 ha. there we go. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, wh- one of the more stupid things I've done on this podcast was agree to fix the band of brothers cast reunion <laughs> and make it one one big long thing with even that audio um which ended up at five and a half hours before we then recorded another half an hour with alex and woody talking about why the hell that you guys all did it um but right in the middle of it there is Two, well, there's, there's two great moments. One is when Matt Settle just randomly shows up on a bike ride.
3: Yeah, having not spoken about Band of Brothers for 20 years, hears that all his mates are on this podcast and goes, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm pulling over on this track in New England and getting involved.
5: Yeah, which you can understand because the Spears character in that has had a lot of chat. But it was, as it goes on, I think he finds something to drink because then this happens.
11: The concentration camp. Tom Hardy. It was the first scene he ever did, as he told me. And he's now a big movie star. God bless him. And uh, and uh, Tom threw up in his helmet for real. <laughs> 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 At the concentration camp, Alina. What? And I don't. Are you talking that... about Tom Hardy? How did you know, man?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember. Like I remember, Tom Hardy had this. Uh, he had a like little mole on his arm, and it had a hair sticking out of it. And I just mindlessly plucked it. <laughs>
1: and, and
2: he was furious.
12: He's like, that was my lucky hat. Well, <laughs> it wasn't that lucky, was it? <laughs> so, no, it was,
2: a, it was a great scene he shot after that. And I guess it was his lucky hair. He had a great career.
3: <laughs> Matt Cecil, ladies and gentlemen, destroyer of Tom Hardy. Um, he's found Bane's Achilles heel. <laughs> I love so it, that. That was on my list of favourites as well.
5: It, yeah, it, it's, I, I have to admit, having spent, I think it took 20 hours to go through the whole thing. Um, it, it's it's gold. And I still think the best part of it is the bit when they get all serious and they start talking about... The, the uh, mean, I, I the very mean.
3: nearly went and found that monologue of Richard Spate from the fourth class
5: mm, reunion yeah. where
3: he, like, Richard Spate should run for president.
5: Yeah. He, he just, he just goes full. And it's a, it's a weird shift because it goes from them messing around to Spate just going, right, we got to, we got to talk about this. And then it just gets really It It was, I, you know, I remember listening to that thinking, wow, I'm never getting on this podcast because, you know, it's too good. And then like two weeks later, I get a phone call saying, okay, come on.
3: (laughs) Have you also as well, my other favorite bit from that band of brothers shiz was, um, Scott Grimes in
5: the bar fight. Oh, I've got that here.
12: I fell asleep uh, and missed the plane. And so I got on a train with my buddy who was just visiting from, uh, from the States. And I took this gorgeous train for hours and hours. And I get off and in interlocking at like 10 p.m. at night. And I looked, it looked like, I remember it looked like this little, exactly what I would expect this little town to look like. And I get off and I look to my right, I look to my left and I say, okay, I guess I'll go to the left. And I'm going down this, this, this street, exhausted, just trying to get to the hotel. And Ross comes out of this bar. You remember this, buddy? You come out of this bar, Scotty, we're in a fight with these dudes, come on. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? But I said, are you kidding me in my head? But then I went, fuck it. I gotta It <laughs> never ended up happening. We didn't end up fighting anybody, but I was like, that's, I mean, I'm not a fighter. But now Ross is telling me, help me. We need your help. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. I'm going to help my brother, man.
4: I love him. Do you know what? The one thing that didn't get the edit, because obviously it wasn't appropriate, but listen to the Band of Brothers thing. When I got really nerdy about American Dad and I was yeah. like, oh, my God, please sing me happy birthday. And he sang me happy birthday. Like six, six months
3: before your birthday six months I don't
4: care but he's still saying it for me and Steve Smith do you
3: know what I think that might be in I don't know if you guys want to hear but this runs at nearly nine minutes which is probably too long but back in the day I used to keep bloopers and the intention was one day to make an episode out of them and then I kind of gave up on that so I have strung them together and I have no recollection Of what is on there, so I'm gonna play it and edit at will. But I have literally no idea what's about to come out of my computer. I'm nervous. That should be this one, yeah. Right, here we go.
9: Picking up something in the background, Sean. It's someone in the background,
11: might be a combine harvester. (laughs) Ah, in the country now, you know. (laughs) I I got got a brand
12: new
4: cut, yeah. Right, before we start, people have probably heard
3: of a frigate, but... A frigate, Alina.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <But, Right, okay.
3: laughs>
6: Simon's face. Oh, yeah, hi.
3: He decided to join the party. Oh, my god! Oh, yeah. He figured if Woody could remember. wear that sweatshirt in front of everybody. He's exfoliated. Hey,
6: Simon. <laughs> hey, buddies. You uh, had your morning I'd, show you a, I'd show you a view of New Zealand, but it's not really part of the podcast story.
3: Mm. Hey, go on, show us out the window, because we can't yeah, travel on. anywhere.
6: You really want to see?
3: I'm in yeah. Southwest London. Yeah, where are you what?
4: in New Zealand? I'm in Poland, Poland. Poland, so it's dark what? and horrible here right now.
3: <gasps> Look at that. That's another country. The nightfall. See? Oh, other places. Yeah. I know.
6: New Zealand
3: lucky lucky
7: man yeah
6: yeah it's uh if i start with manuela
11: then you do martina
9: then i do
2: no
11: no 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 No, no,
9: no. what i'm
2: thinking is that we because i haven't got any notes on the women i'm leaving that to you um so if we do the ladies you do the men in effect (laughs)
0: yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but what i'm thinking is that you do one of the women I'll do Sanchez, then you do another woman. I'll do Esposito, uh, like that. Yeah. Cool. So basically, I'm doing all the men. In oh, a manner Beirut. of speaking. <laughs> right. Okay. Um... On oh, the odds Alex takes this and uses it for a fucking hour. i use it. For <laughs>
1: um, right.
3: George, what time is it in Beirut? Yeah. Three. <laughs> <laughs> it's George,
1: I want to give you a hey,
9: hug
3: after all of that
4: because it's just like, oh.
9: I'm actually going to send an email to Nolan Hemmings in Australia now because he was worried he wouldn't be up in time, but it's actually now I'm halfway gonna, through the I'm morning.
11: i just text him? It's <laughs> half three in, Le- Le- in Lebanon. Just to say hi? Uh,
2: I'm oh. going to go bed, you sexy dudes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I'll still be thinking of you, don't worry. It's
11: I mean, real, a, a, a computer with no camera. And then Nick just buys oh his first God computer ever. Oh my God, This what was a dog dog like
3: 3am Band of Brothers, wasn't it?
11: Is that right. a real doggy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you auditioning
3: for something, oh, Rick? I know. All ways, Who said that? <laughs> yeah,
9: yeah. Yeah, Who sorry. here it's it's is taking the quarantine for the It's a <laughs>
2: First <laughs> Matt
9: Settle, now a flipping Scotty, <laughs>
2: to West Island
11: or something like that. Westy! Westy. <laughs> so in this uh, parallel episode, we discovered... Yes. I can't hey, buddy, you listen. Know. You are you are number nine, but that means fuck all in this. Room. <laughs> 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 nine. That that was number nine. was They had numbers wait, to reply, <laughs> and it. Should we wait went for a number?
3: No. Fuck it, it's out oh. the window already. Go for it. <laughs> it's it's, on, it's on Sorry, Ross is like, I've waited push for push number down. eight. Yeah. I
11: will right. not speak right. until push I'm the eighth person. Might, um... <laughs> 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 I'm putting that in
4: the
3: bloopers reel, by the way.
4: Oh, we need to say goodbye. Blondemoma.com,
3: she's going to kill me. Sorry, I've really messed this up. Can I start this again? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just rambling now. Yeah. Like, this <laughs> This is stupid. Yes.
4: <laughs> okay, oh, don't was, worry. We we'll, uh, yeah. we all do it. Don't worry. No,
3: I was just like, no, stop Emma, stop. Okay, so, ladies,
4: as I keep calling you, <laughs> <funnily Yes>. enough dubious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I'm at that time of night. I'm thinking, ladies is the correct term. This one goes towards Inga. The Titanic was publicized
3: You've as the one, you We've just done that one. You need to go on have to we
4: better. just done that? Yeah. Well, okay, right. <laughs> Cut me out again. Am I? T- I don't know anymore. Hurry, so Stop confused. making this
3: edit more difficult for me.
0: <laughs> you are
3: exhausted we this. like that.
4: <laughs> what fake dolphins
3: She hasn't watched the film in a long time. Have you?
4: <laughs> no. Oh my god! No, forget. I'm going to be watching the film this weekend. Now watch. I'm going to be. Seeing you can't. you have got to
3: binge watch, watch Hornblower this weekend. Oh, yeah, God, I've got Anyway, enough go of the film again. Enough Okay, fine, okay, let's get to some
4: serious, serious, serious stuff No, okay. no, no,
3: first right. of all, do the So Jam- James Cameron Because we have to, I'm going to put a caveat in so Inga doesn't get into trouble Is
4: that, is that, is that a serious <laughs> yeah. I don't know what any of these are serious no, stuff I'm, I'm, about, about. I'm just going to make a comment about what was it, the dolphins that can ride a bow wave at 19 knots But I thought i better not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> go what what is nineteen
3: knots? Oh, was it was it nineteen or twenty one? I can't remember. Was it twenty one knots, sir? Or out of Queenstown, more like nineteen. Can we cut water that right bit? now? Can we just cut that bit? Nah, let's <laughs> leave it in. Let's leave it in. You guys oh, are God making me, so right. me feel like a
4: fish out of water here. This is just awful. Right, let's okay. Get on with so it.
3: Talk, <laughs> talk to us, James Cameron. No, this is you taking the piss, still.
4: Roger Moorehouse, if you're listening, he did not, obviously. you know. I mean, Roger doesn't think he did. Let's, let's just cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tweet him right now, and I'm going to go. Guess what Claire said about you? <laughs> 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 so Roger, like me, gets annoyed when he hears did Hitler survive? You know? Oh my God, no, he did not. So let's Hannah, ask
3: Luke. <laughs>
4: Hannah... <laughs> Funny enough, Claire is talking about uh, secret agents. That's actually what we're going to be talking about. So I thought we would start the bold ball rolling. Sorry to be to talk sorry i can't To the guardian Catherine has we quote a very well-deserved reputation as a specialist in 16th century skull oh blah 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 i Fuck. knew Pardon you Miranda. were good gonna...
3: <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't dropped I, the F bomb, I, just... I would have clicked that yeah all right you just go yeah,
4: okay hold on can i can can i just repeat this a couple of times sorry because i need to get this it's like a freaking tongue to it hold on 16th century style skull st- skull st- st- Jesus 16th century skull duggery. Wait, I need to change. Do you want me to do that to and you them.
3: take over from she has written books such as.
4: No, 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 because I can do <laughs> it. It's just I have to split the words up and intrigue. But skull, skull duggery, skull duggery, skull duggery. Do not put this on the podcast. Actually, we should have outtakes. That- oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a sound bite of this and use it when we uh, um, publicise Catherine's talk just because it's hilarious, just <laughs> of you going skullduggery, skullduggery, yeah. Okay, whenever you're ready. <laughs> skullduggery. Okay, ready. Okay, go for it. Go again. Because there's a stupid
4: lady with a stupid little yappy dog. Do not put this in the podcast. I don't know, Alex, What your internet's going... Right. Hold on, now I've got a dog barking in the background. Sorry. And now my dogs are going to go mental. I really apologise. <laughs>
9: give us a moment um. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> they, they definitely won't <laughs> yeah. they won't lose let us have
3: a Alina's it's Zidane Zidane Jesus Christ okay, Zidane okay what's the next one Pele okay
4: right okay,
3: okay. well you do but I might edit that out go on <laughs>
4: Right, sorry, start again. you will have to do a lot of editing with me. I know, and the more you
3: yap on, the more, when you mess it up, the longer it takes, so hurry up or I'll punch you. (laughs) (laughs) There must be some stuff you can use in there. You should definitely use the Marcus and you talking about all the men you're going to do, because that's hilarious. And the bit where Rick Walden starts talking to Alina's dog.
6: Yeah, there, there is so some
3: uh... <laughs> <laughs>
4: got one eventually, you know. He got a, a Westwood, funnily enough, because he loved the so. brothers
3: clip by then it was half two in the morning for we'd been on about eight hours then. And they just wouldn't leave because we we made a pact. We said, like me, you and Woody, while they're willing to talk, we stay. Um and they called our bluff because it went on for days. <laughs>
4: do you remember basically what had happened you turned around and said to me elena i need you to record some of this so i did and for it to download it took
3: something like five hours for it to download mm. go on Zach. where do you want to go next
2: oh who do we go to next well let's let's stay with you boss what about other
3: kind of great moments besides the bloopers so, I made like a little, I'm just going to rocket through them without explaining myself because otherwise we'll be here all day. But I put like self indulgent ones where I had like an amazing time because it was something I was massively into. Uh, the Lancaster one with John Nicol was amazing. Aces High, where we had Josh Savine and Peter Hart. Uh, my uncle on Afghanistan hanging out with Sergei and doing um, Russians on the Western Front. And then him messaging me after it had been ongoing. I sound so Russian. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, you do. How have you got through nearly 40 years of life without realizing that you sound like a bad stereotype from a 1980s Cold War film? Uh, History of beer, because I've never seen home so happy in all my life as preparing that episode. Uh, My Queen Mary episode, where I got to actually just bang my drum about how awesome she was. Uh, Hossein Kamali and his 20 Islam in 21 Women was amazing. Vasim Khan, because I love his books. We did partition with him, didn't we? the Romanovs, uh, Alina didn't turn up and I was so happy because I got Simon Sibag Montefiore to myself for the whole thing and we just like pumped on about it. Uh, Richard Van Emden the other week on Boy Soldiers as well was just the ultimate nerd fest and we finished it and I think he was like, oh, I guess I'm so used to my wife just telling me to shut up. It was great to just talk to someone for an hour. Uh, African-American History Week we had two standout ones on that and the Martin Luther King one and also we interviewed a lady on like an oral history thing about her experience of living in the South in the 60s during like um, the civil rights movement. Uh, Charlie, Jonathan Healy on the fall of Charles the was absolutely spectacular. Wasn't like amazing? The was completely self-indulgent. Spencer Jones uh statues run where zach decided we were go this was like zach coming up with an idea before he had any part in history hack and it was the first time i think where we sat down and didn't give a shit if people didn't approve because yeah, it was yeah, it when was. people were pushing statues over and everything and we were like do you know what no we don't like this and i think it was you me owen Rees. we had uh kate didn't do it but we had a naval rep as well um and it was a really good chat uh, Nikolai's three-parter on Austria-Hungary. The Nazi motorsport episode with Mark Gallagher was amazing. Uh, Ian McGregor on Checkpoint Charlie. Uh, how did that work? You know, like Alina, we've had some get sent in, and Zach and Matt will know now, where you get the pitch sent in by someone and you're like, I can't see how that would work. But they turned out to be amazing. Uh, Sierra Barnes talking about use uh, dissecting the Nazis to use in a graphic novel and stuff. She was brilliant. History of colour, Beth and I did. Um, sinkholes in Paris. We were like, how are we going to get a whole episode out of that? But it was amazing. love that one. You love the
4: sinkholes. You're bouncing off the walls for that one.
3: Yeah, opiate addiction. You went and got that one. It was a guy who literally said, my thing is Civil War soldiers addicted to drugs after the American Civil War. And we were like, right, that doesn't sound like a whole episode. But he was brilliant. Oh, yeah,
4: that Um, works really
3: well. And the osteoarchaeologist, because we were like, I don't even understand what they're talking about. But it was basically how to... professional telling you how to decapitate someone um and also do you remember rachel lance who did her phd and like trying to work out the huntley how they died um oh yeah phd she just got to blow shit up it was brilliant The,
4: the, the boaty part of that went over my head but like finding the dead people was was great for me
3: yeah, no shit. Uh, specials, what have we done? American History Weekend, Greatest Britain, where we tried, we, um, we gave you people the opportunity to vote in a load of women and people of color and stuff, and you still went for Churchill. Um, Future History Week was great. Boaty Week to wind Alina up, and it wound her up so much she ran away and didn't take part. Uh, Black History Week, oh, that was the African American. And we even did Anne Boleyn Do you remember that?
2: On History Hack, you had an yeah. Anne Boleyn
3: We did way, way back. That was fun. That was, uh, that was interesting. Wow ones I wasn't expecting. So busting open some sort of myths and stuff. Princes in the Tower was incredible. I know Charlie's going to bring that up. Uh, the Robin Hood ones, Spartans, the Maya, fake Spitfires of Burma was hilarious. Um, and then stuff that I didn't even know I was interested in until I heard. Uh, Leanne Renaud, do you remember her, Alina, and the marinage, the Runaway Slaves in the Caribbean? That was brilliant. Oh, yeah. Um, Frank McDonough. She was fantastic. I mean, like if you just said to me, I'm bringing on a Scouser to talk to you about World War II," We all know me, um, but he was brilliant. Uh, medieval Zombies was brilliant. Uh, we had Gary Powers' son on. Loved Andy Chatterton talking about all those lunatic recruits for what happened if the German invasion happened. Um, and obviously our Mel Gibson bashing I've loved as well. Um why Braveheart was shit with Ryan McNutt and we've done the Patriot on a pub thing, but we still, we've got someone lined up for Apocalypto um, and someone's got to do Gallipoli as well. Um, maybe it gets smudged to do that because he's red enough now. But I like that we've also kind of thought outside the box as well or tried to all along. So we've got quite a lot about the history of disability and mental health and stuff like that. I mean, like the mental health episodes, we've got them running, I think, from ancient. We've got definitely got an early modern one and we've got Victorian stuff as well. Um, It would be great to get more LGBT plus history as well. Um, Yeah, I've just had so much fun. And while we're here, I quickly um, just shout out to some of the people that have been on multiple times um, and have been great. Woody without whom Band of Brothers wouldn't have happened. John Jordan, Colin Fisher doing his Spanish thing. Josh Proven, who literally, (laughs) maps like, how many more episodes? History
5: hack presented by Josh (laughs) Proven.
3: But he keeps coming back. For all your
5: history needs. Yeah, basically.
3: (laughs) He keeps coming back with all the stuff no one else wants to talk about. And he diversifies us, so that's why he keeps coming back. Owen Griffiths and his folktales, Kate Jameson, Simon London, Christian Jennings, his episode is second uh, in the most downloaded ever, is his German code-breaking episode. James Holland, uh, Jonathan Clements, the other Simon as well, who does the ancient stuff, We did the Lost Hispania Legion, um, and he's also done um, pre Uh, like Stone Age Warfare as well. Owen Rees, Eleni Yanagar, her stuff is massively popular. Uh, Gally Jaffe, who I can ring her up and just go, I need an episode for tomorrow and I'm screwed. And she'll just come on a waffle about archaeology. James Scott is an amazing storyteller with the American World War II stuff. And also he did that. The one that I liked most was, you know, the one about um, Israel in the 60s, because it was a ship his grandfather was on. Um, So that's why he sort of moved forwards time-wise. Bettany Hughes has been on multiple times as well. Um, Yeah, there's like inevitably people I've left out, which is mad, but um, some of my favorite moments, they're only short ones, don't worry. Uh, I loved when we managed to get um, Jamie Bamber and Yoan Griffiths to record that um, ending for us that we used during the first lockdown which was Bye. hilarious, there now follows a public service announcement.
11: I'm Horatia Hornblower, and I'm Archie Kennedy. The simplest gift you can give in these troubled times is to obey orders. Indeed. The regulations are very clear in the matter.
9: It is the duty of all of us to remain at anchor until the little people in the talking box
11: signal you otherwise. You don't want to end up getting flogged. Good day to you. Good day to you both.
3: Right, shut that up. Um, I also love um, that we did a few episodes where we got... people to volunteer to read testimony and stuff. We did it for the Malina did it for one of her Auschwitz things. But I think sort of the most, one of the most professional episodes we've done, we basically handed the reins to Joshua Levine to do a Dunkirk 80 episode. And he kind of did it like a documentary which he narrated himself. But then we got people in to do the talking and I've just, I've bagged the most amazing clip. I remember sending Taff Gillingham a message and saying, how East Anglia can you go? Um, And this was the response we got.
12: Across the Channel, meanwhile, the next stage of the retreat was complete, and behind the River Esco, 2nd Battalion of the Royal Norfolks withdrew into a defensive spot near Callon. A Company took the central position, its front stretching nearly 800 yards. As the sun rose, with no Germans yet in sight, Company Commander Captain Peter Barclay, who came from the banking family, spent an hour hunting rabbits. And then, as he recalls dryly, it was time to deal with the other situation. In due course, Germans began appearing on the far bank. They didn't spot the Norfolks and they began building a bridge across he the river. lock
3: over. his face in anticipation.
12: Barclay waited <laughs> until the enemy were completely preoccupied. And then he blew his hunting horn. It was something he liked to keep with him. The Norfolks opened fire and every German in sight was killed. But then reinforcements came up. And the one-sided ambush turned into a two-sided, ferocious firefight. Barclay was badly wounded, but he wouldn't um, give up directing the defence. Lying on a door, <laughs> he continued shirtless. giving orders as four men carried him around the positions. Hold up on the upper floor of the cement factory overlooking the river. Ernie Leggett was firing away with a Bren gun. Around him were the other members of his section. This is what he remembers.
9: I was looking along the line at our company headquarters when I remember hearing machine gun fire. And I looked along the river and I see a figure I recognised, Sergeant Major Gristark. And he was crawling across the open ground on his elbows with his rifle in front of him. There were at least three other men behind him. They were moving towards a German machine gun nest in front of them that they were trying to take out. I then saw another German machine gun crew hurrying along and setting up a position behind Gristark so they had a flank view of him. He couldn't see them. I remember him reaching back and throwing grenades. I see his arm coming over. Then I heard the machine gun on the flank firing. But something happened that I had to turn away and I didn't see any more. I it. <laughs> Mark's out of 10, lucky.
6: Absolutely. 10 out of 10. I mean, it, it, I think he's actually got got the correct Norfolk lean to his East Anglian as well. That was not he's...
3: a piss take. He was a pro. no. No,
6: Taff, Taff knows his, his dialect. He do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you yeah. know what's brilliant
3: about those is we had people with all different accents uh, come in and we tried to assign the right accent to the right person. Um, but there was one, I can't remember which episode it was. I think it was a someone or it was that one where we needed a Yorkshireman and we couldn't get one. And Holmes volunteered to do it. And Holmes's wife listened to it and just said, you sound like you're doing a really bad impression of Sean B. <laughs> But I think it slid on through because they were done with, uh, they were done seriously. Um, uh, nobody did Polish accents for the Auschwitz one and stuff, but I I thought those episodes worked really well. And I was just reminded of them when we were putting this together. So I think I might try and do another one of those.
5: Now that my more important people are showing up, I'm just wanting to break in and um, just give a shout out to the people that have been kind enough to put up with me on hedge hopping. Cause you know, there's, there's been, there's been some great ones. It's been I, you know, the ones that stand out were Adam Berry and Seb Davy joining me to basically tell James and Al that their little joke about the best troops being dropped by the worst trained um, air crews was complete bollocks. Um, and that worked out to an hour and a half of fantastic episode to which I don't think they speak to me very much anymore. Um, but the, the one that still sticks to me is the very, very long one um, I did with Phil blood um, about, uh, basically Luftwaffe complicity in the, um, in, in the Holocaust, which uh, you tend to think of the Luftwaffe as the clean service. And they really weren't as they were training their recruits in a live fire environment in, in Poland. And that was amazing. The fact that we got it down to two 90 minute episodes was, was quite, was quite something. Um, but it was, it was quite harrowing. Um And, you know, everybody that's been on is great. Um, Matt Willis, who you put 50p in and get 90 minutes of him chatting. is always, always fantastic. Um, John's been on a couple of times, John Bernstein. Um, And of course, the one episode for which I broke every rule of history hack, just because I wanted to speak to him, was my chat with Sam Pilling, when I basically pitched the idea of conspiracy theories and faking moon landings, just so I could talk to my favorite music video director about Killer Mike and LP and um, Chaka Khan for an hour and a bit and he was fantastic so Sam who's just been rated the third best advert director in the world at the moment thank you so much for that and thank you boss ladies and Zach for letting me break our rules regularly for being on this show and with that I'm going to leave you because my other friends are arriving <laughs>
1: we know, know where we in back, are in the Pecunora. and alright <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: I, I, I'd i be i'd be happy to stay, but Wendy would kill me.
3: Have a lovely afternoon. Um, while he's gone, I have teed up just, I think, one of my most favourite moments before I shut up and let someone else take over. And that is, um, do you remember the first ever Down the Pub where we had Chris on who had actually been working on the Mary Rose for like 30 years? And he described what, it, and this is why our pub is called the Mary Rose, because he won the first ever Down the Pub. Um, but he talked about being there when she came up. Chris, you've been in from the start. You, you, you've got a, you, before we came on air, you told us you were there when they brought her up, weren't you?
11: Yeah, so that was in um, October of 1982. And I was uh, still underwater when the ship left the seabed and hit the surface. So I was filling up airbags to help with cushioning and help with the lift. Um, so, yeah, I saw it ri- rise from the seabed
3: and didn't so Holmes you you had a question earlier didn't you do repeat it because it was brilliant because you remember the Mary Rose Guy. you actually looked a little bit excited when you heard that Chris was here
2: I I, I did despite my incredible lack of um, my, my incredible ignorance on the whole subject that I I can remember um I think as an eight-year-old being rushed into the school hall and we had to watch it on those tellies that had big cases around them. And I was saying to Chris earlier that... uh...
1: In a sudden flash, it all comes clear. It's a eureka moment, an epiphany. Hi, I'm Marcus Smith, host of the Constant Wonder podcast. The world offers marvel, meaning and mystery around every single corner. In nature, art, science, culture, history, we talk everything from bees and beetles to obelisks and asteroids. Experience the thrill of transformative encounter. We'll bring more wonder to your day.
0: Listen to Constant Wonder wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Um, We all remember watching as eight-year-olds in the Midlands with no knowledge of uh, maritime archaeology, but we all remember that bit when the lifting cradle, something gave on it and it crushed down a little bit.
6: And I remember like 208-year-olds looking at each other thinking, well, that can't be good. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> How did that feel at the time, Chris?
11: Well, we, I was actually being interviewed live on the BBC when it happened. Um, and I was gobsmacked. But luckily, before you could tell I was gobsmacked, they cut to the main uh, producer and uh, the main uh, person who was presenting to say what had uh, what had happened but we were later congratulated for for making it much more exciting because it had been a bit like watching paint dry but the great thing one great thing about the mary is how everybody remembers that moment people remember the raising of the mary rose just like they perhaps remember the first men on the moon or kennedy being assassinated or lady Di dying or the twin towers um Collapsing, so so it's it's one of those seminal moments for that
3: uh, kick on Simeone in the World (laughs) Cup.
11: (laughs) Yeah, or winning the World Cup in '66. Yeah, there are these there are these events that people remember, and I think that's incredible that so many people remember it coming up. But Chris, what what year was what year was it raised? 1982, October '82.
3: (laughs) So Chris unsurprisingly, if you come on now and say that you're going to argue for like, I don't know, the dreadnought, I will laugh my head off. But I don't think you are, are you? Tell us what is the greatest ship ever built?
11: Well, the greatest ship ever built is unquestionably the Mary Rose.
3: So that's why it's called the Mary Rose, guys. I don't know how many of you had ever heard that, but he won. It was very nearly the Queen Mary because my friend Brian Hawley came on and did um, a pitch for that and he was so eloquent um, and brilliant about it that he got everyone really excited about the Queen Mary, but the Mary Rose took it.
2: See, I want to just pause our little reminiscence a second there and just kind of (laughs) flag the audio and kind of talk about the trolley feedback that we've got at times, because you (laughs) took an absolute fucking hammering in the early days, didn't you? About mic quality.
7: Uh,
3: In the middle of a pandemic when we were working 80 hours a week for free, right?
2: Because, you know, you're naturally like a, what is it, a sound technician, whatever it is these people do that make the the audio quality.
3: Yeah, I mean, What what was the feedback you got? Uh, Oh, God. So, yeah, it was, I think one person didn't like that we swore and our response was, fuck Um, (laughs) them. Classic. Someone, uh, what was it? So, Beth, did you not find a clip where a guy trolled us and then I trolled him back on Down the Pub?
8: Yeah, I was trying to find it and I just, I can't find it anywhere. But the the gist of it was I'd, I think what happened, it was when I had COVID in November 2020 and I just came on because I was like, I need some company. I can't be sat on my own. Um, And I was obviously dying and you're all obviously taking the piss out of me as you quite rightly should have. No, oh, surely not um but he was I think this guy it was a couple of weeks after which is why I don't think I can find it yet I'm determined to find it it's hidden somewhere in a down the pub where someone you read out a review about that episode where he'd complained about the swearing but also complaining about the fact that you were taking the piss out of me because I had COVID and I was on death's door <laughs> You sat there and was like, "We had this review and just read it
3: for That sounds like something I did. To be fair,
8: I mean, it, surely not.
3: Yeah, I mean, most of them were about the sound quality. Um, I,
8: though there was the oh,
3: do you know what? It was the one guy. It was clearly the only episode he'd ever listened to was the down the pub, and he just said it was a load of idiots swearing at each other. And I was like, "Yeah, but that's why people like it."
2: And well, yes, yeah. down the pub. <laughs> yeah. Get with the memo, mate. <laughs>
6: That was basically the gist of it. See you've actually one. gone to the pub.
3: <laughs> 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 <it> sound like? <laughs> Maybe a wine bar. Yeah.
2: See, my favorite one's quite a recent one. It's to do with the Chris Pears recording we did on in San Aluana. Um and I, as we do when we do the publicity, I I took the the episode link and the cartoon, and I want to just pause a moment and say how utterly brilliant. Steve Smith's cartoons are. And we'll talk about our favorites, I'm sure, in a second. Mine is absolutely the one of me as a pharaoh with no nipples. But that probably just <laughs> says a lot about me. <laughs> um, but in that, uh, the premise behind these is that you have the three presenters and then the, the image is kind of based around the topic. So it's Andorwana, the Zulu wars. So we're the three of us, myself, uh, Chris and Alex are all in Victorian British Army uniforms. And so I post this on a particularly sort of um, pomp and circumstance, land and hope and glory style Facebook group. And the feedback that I get, just literally the first comment that comes up is, why is the bird in uniform? Oh, man.
3: <laughs> you know what, though? For all the whining they've done in the last month, that is by far. So the suckers have bitched and moaned, but Beth and I were laughing at this in the early hours of this morning. It's the most downloaded thing we've done in the last couple of months. So clearly they've all, like, gone running at it like suckers and then just gone,
11: yeah, but
2: <laughs> Yeah, the other feedback we got on that one was, well, the cartoons are quite childish. I don't think you'll get much engagement. To which... <laughs> I just went, we're on nearly a million downloads, so I don't think we need to take your advice.
3: do you mm. love it when you get people who have literally five hundred followers on Twitter um who tell you how to do social media and you're like, well, yeah, I'll take our sort of seven thousand on the Great War group going on eight, and I'll take our like <laughs> my sixteen and a half thousand and I'll take sort of the eight thousand we've got on History Hack and I'll just carry on doing it my way, I think. But thanks, thanks I for your input. I had that one recently,
4: did by that woman?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're never going to make a historian, Alina.
4: Oh, what what was it? Are your
3: your posts are uh, trivial and um, not befitting a historian. Do you know what Zach and I did the other day, just for shits and giggles? I posted a poignant picture of the ruins of the cloth hall in Epe, and at the same time I posted a picture of a hippo sucking another hippo's ass. Guess which one got more engagement on it?
0: <laughs>
3: For J.D.
2: Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards.
3: Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
0: <laughs> These people need to
3: wind their neck in and understand what social media is all about, I think. It's all about hippos.
2: <laughs> it's all about the hippos. You know what the worst thing it's was? Self about increase bird. hippo
6: content. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the thing is, it gets really bad though when they start using your job against you. So she started actually using my like, institute against me. How dare such a person like you, who works for such a prestigious institute, post such things? Go fuck yourself. Okay, I can post a picture of a man's balls on my head from a statue if I frigging want to. Okay, <laughs> that's remember. what it was.
3: You were getting teabagged, weren't you,
4: by a statue? <laughs> oh yeah, that was really because I said that to you first, and I said, Alex, can I post this on social media? Is this going to cause a problem? It did cause a bit of a problem, but, it but I was like,
3: problem. hell yeah, people. Oh, I just I uh,
8: thought it was the picture of the boots and about whether you should buy a black pair or oh, a brown pair. Oh no, that's right, that yeah. One.
3: That's, that's one thing, actually. Like, I don't. I don't want to diss the whole of Poland, Alina. But one thing I found really hard to wrap my head around is, um, kind of like the possessiveness. If you're not Polish, or they don't think you you're Polish enough, and you're doing Polish history, people can be really mean. And that's not. I mean, we get mean historians in Britain, yeah, but we don't get that kind of possessive, um. Entitlement, like you're not entitled to write about my history thing, which I know, like, I think Jenny Grant struggles with it as well. And it's just, I don't get it. Surely you want as many people as possible talking about your subject.
4: Uh, yes, and no, it's also to do with uh, Poland's really misunderstood. And I get it, I get why they do it, but it's also a dick move. So I'm kind of on both sides of the fence of this because at the end of the day, Are you Poland's straddling just...
3: the fence, elena
4: <laughs> I am always straddling with something. <laughs> <coughs> Like a motorbike or anyway. Moving on. Um no, no, no it, it is. It's it, it's really shit sometimes because a lot of people don't understand Polish history and then Polish people get up in arms going, well, you didn't understand that. And it all becomes really confusing. So fuck it. Who cares? I just do what I want now. I've given I don't give a shit no more. Best way to be.
2: Shall we go back to um back to best moments then? Loki, what about you? What's your what your highlights?
6: Highlights. Well, now that Boney's gone, um, and don't tell him I said anything nice uh, about him at all, but I think one one of the ones that really stuck with me um, from our Down the Pubs was actually not a piss take moment. And I haven't got a clip of it because it was sort of a a fairly lengthy presentation, but um, it's when we did History's Worst Year. um, And obviously, we're sort of dipping back into history, and I think it, it might have been 1348 that ended up winning. Um, because there was the Black Death, and there was all sorts of or- or horrible shit as well. Um, but he made a, a very um, reasonable—I was judging uh, for this one, so I didn't have a pitch—but um, a very reasonable case for 1994, and it didn't it did, feel yeah. like it was—it was that far away. It's all kind of within living memory for all of us. I was at you and you and Beth, but um, all the kind of. Because it, it centred largely on the Rwandan genocide, which is just awful. Um, and uh, But also kind of stuff that affects you personally and tugs at your personal heartstrings because you have the um, terrible Formula One um, crashes. Yeah, with Senna, um, and wasn't it? And Ratzenberger. Senna, and Sen- yeah, Ratzenberger and, But yeah, I mean, yeah. Senna, obviously guy, you know, at the, at the top of his game really as well and, and one of the best ever. And, and we lost him as, as well as kind of, yeah, and he had a few other sort of little things that, that had gone on in that, in that year, but it just felt like it was too close, too modern a time. Um, you know, we should have eliminated horrible things like this. So that, that was one that kind of has stuck with me, actually, over, over time and, um, and has made me sort of think about the modern world as well. And we, we've not eliminated misery very far from it uh, at all. That said, there's been real comedy. Um, throughout and and also some really smart people. I always uh, enjoy, for example, when Mary, um we have her and you're giving you're giving us a a, a soliloquy or, or something oh, or other. That Christmas but in,
3: episode she did last for Boxing Day for Autona last year was epic as well.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, linguist, she's almost like an artistic polymath, isn't she? She's um, uh, really, really a joy uh, to listen to. Um, But kind of, I I guess I'm best known, my most kind of known contributions are my rants. And I do quite like going off on my rants. I did did save a a clip of one of my favourites. And this was The Stupidest Invention. One and let's see if I've got this. I I took offence to sliding doors, saloon doors. Um, Incredibly stupid things that they are. Let's let's see Uh, that's fine. But you know what does things better than saloon doors at uh, uh, ensuring easy access and allowing ventilation? Absolutely fucking nothing. Having nothing there does a better job than saloon doors at providing ventilation and easy access. Okay, so this. These things objectively do their job less well than fuck all, all right? <laughs> this is, they're, they're worse than useless. They're, they're obstructive and unhelpful and shit, okay? But not only that, an additional criteria I chucked in besides not doing their basic job and no accidental benefits, is, is there a fair to at least a fair to medium chance of getting hurt? By these things, and for this, I just I'm going to refer people to a, a YouTube video called "Kid Gets Hit by Saloon Door" compilation, in which basically um, the child's mother sort of steps through this, I don't know, experimenting with a saloon door, and then lets the thing smack their child straight in the face. Um, these things are shit. They're useless. They're a fucking menace. I don't know who thought they were a good idea, but they're obviously shite. They're the stupidest invention in the whole history of the world. There we go. Did yeah, do you win that, <laughs> I mean, that? that one was one of the ones that I kind of, I, I kind of, think, I think I killed Bony with that one because Bony immediately went off and um, looked at the video. And, and they just spent the next few minutes dying <laughs> as we watched this kid get repeatedly smacked in the face by these saloon doors. So, yeah, it kind of through my time on here and kind of like Alex, I've got a you know a, a bit of a list of, of podcasts that I've been on and, and really enjoy. Uh, and and uh, um, I think, yeah, Owen Reese is a, a really top guy to have gone on with. Same with um, Peter Doyle. Uh, actually talking about stuff, stuff in my wheelhouse personally but um first world war recruitment um kitchener's mob uh but also simon verneham um talking about archaeology in the first world war and the missing of the first world war and that is obviously stuff that we've done uh, loads of work now with um with the great war group and uh, hoping oh hoping beyond hope to get out to flanders in the in the coming year and and actually see some of his work and and Yeah, just build on on that. The First World War stuff that we've done has been nice. Like I said, it was my route into uh, this. But I think maybe my favourite kind of individual podcast, not a Down the Pub, um, was probably on, uh, well, one that kind of ticks a few boxes for me. It was a a podcast with a couple of South African gents, Chris Shuman and David McLennan. um, And we talked about rugby history as well as political history. And it's their book, um, Lions in Africa. Um, because I mean last year was a British British and Irish Lions touring site um, out in South Africa and they lost and it was just before the, the final test that we did this podcast but it was a really nice chat because they, they cover rugby history they cover political history uh, I just found it absolutely fascinating So yeah there's been good opportunities for rants uh, and there's been some really kind of thought-provoking stuff and there's been some absolute hilarity um, through through the last 18 months. Uh, or so. So, d- more good times, definitely.
2: Um. Yeah, definitely. And we're, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. So there'll, there'll be plenty more where that came from. But yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? The, the down the pub thing. And, and Alex has said this in the past that I kind of feel that in in creating that down the pub community, quite a few people have found each other who wouldn't have normally found each other, and in the process have found a little bit of belonging that perhaps, certainly in my case, I didn't have before. And so that yeah. that whole this is why I kind of refer to you guys as my extended history family, because you know, we, we've forged some some great connections with people that I think we've definitely
3: you know, found our tribe, haven't we? We have. And, and it's have the most stuff. fucked up population <laughs> of people. I mean, you've got at one end you've got Clive, who's like a serious solicitor and adult of the highest order, and at the other end you've got Beth and a freaking Disney obsession. <laughs> and in between, you've got just about every class, race, lunatic, interest Kit, thing. God done knows with.
6: what Kit's currently up to in in. in <laughs> <Thank end>. God. <laughs>
3: he try- I think his choices yesterday were go and watch a lady fire a ping pong ball out of a part of her anatomy or a lady boy show or uh, a surprise show, which I think he was quite scared of. Um, he's basically killing time in Thailand where he's been stuck because he couldn't go to Cambodia, isn't he? But how he's killing that time, I'm, I'm not sure I want details. No. <laughs> Can I just say, thanks for uh, putting Beth on the scale?
4: I was expecting you to put me my, and <laughs> my weirdo uh, historical <laughs> obsessions, which I'm not going to bring up, because I'm going to constantly, constantly keep bringing it up anyway.
3: I do, What I really love is well, I had to set a rule with Alina right at the very beginning, after the first two down the pubs. So I was like, right, Alina, you're not allowed to bring the Holocaust to the pub, because it's a <laughs> you regret that don't you no not not in the slightest (laughs) do i regret that um yeah mental
2: yeah probably not the best environment to talk about the holocaust in down the pub considering how shit-faced a lot of us get yeah on the subject of which i'm going to go to beth
8: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely no, that
2: was going to be (laughs) me. So Beth, come on, can I just say, my best moment of Beth, and Beth has done some brilliant moments in History Hack, but the unquestionably best moment was when we got her so drunk that she sang, she did like a karaoke Frozen through Zoom, and she kept going,
9: no, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do
2: it, and in the end she was so drunk she couldn't help herself. I, can't I think which episode it also it it's also been the occasions
3: when I have to WhatsApp her going, your boobs about to come out the side of your top. So <laughs> like,
8: like, on the sofa at that angle. and Then you see her suddenly sit up. I <laughs> have oh, the legs as well. Like I am. I think I'm the history hack naked guy, basically.
6: Until Chris, Chris gets the mankini on.
8: <laughs> Until he gets the mankini. Then there's no, I'm not going to, not going to try and outdo him there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think most memorable mem- most memorable moments. It's most for most of us. I think they are going to be down the pub because obviously, with a lot of the history hack episodes, the, the normal episodes, they're people who've put in a lot of research and they're doing a lot of work, so they can have quite a, like a serious element to them. Um, so when we get the down the pubs on and we get everyone together, and it's just such a laugh. Those really are for me. The highlights like when we were basically during the lockdown recording one every week, and we were seeing each other every single week. It was really a highlight, you know, of being able to mix with people. And as you you said, Zach, we've really found our people. At you know the group of people like you know Zach, my history bro, Charlie, my big my big sister Elsa. You know, it's we we found we found our people, and. I think that shows in the Down the Pubs because they're just so much fun because we just get on so well. Um, My favourite moment on the Down the Pub was one of the very few times when I actually go on a rant. Um, As Charlie knows, because she is one as well, I am a girly swat. I always prepare notes, extensive notes, and I prepare and make sure that my pitch is really good. And I think that that has paid off because I was looking back and actually – I've won quite a few and all place quite a few times. So I think my notes and my preparation work. However, this one, I went for a different angle and I went for a ramp instead, which did still work. Um, and this was the episode for the most overrated topic in history, which I went for the, uh, the Tudors. Now we all know of our hatred for the Tudors down the pub. Um, so I went I went I went for that. I went for the hatred of the Tudors and I, I could have played the whole thing because I just love my rant because <laughs> I don't do it. Um, so I've had to pick, you know, very specifically what which one I'm going for. So I went for this section instead. All of in, us in this room have had Henry VIII and the Tudors shoved, ap- shoved down our throats while we were at school. When in reality, it isn't even that interesting a topic. Who decided the Tudors were a worthy subject to teach to our future generations? I feel they should have a real experience of Tudor life and be hung, drawn and quartered, maybe. And even when we thought we would escape the Tudors after leaving school, they followed us like a bad smell. The Tudors followed us into adulthood with the constant and incessant television programmes fact and fiction on every channel you can think of you have historians on documentaries presenting a new way of looking at the Tudors with new information and understanding how many fucking ways do we need to look at them and I seriously 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 doubt there is anything that we don't know about the Tudors by now that could be summed up in a I don't know a nicely worded email maybe to people who actually care (laughs) <laughs> i think that's genuinely so true so true and i think that's genuinely one of my best ever bits i mean i could have like i could have done the bit where i ranted about henry the being a masochistic bellend that also would be <laughs> well um but it was just that moment. i was just like i thought to myself i was writing up i was like oh a nicely wedded email that would working really nicely i thought so i was really really pleased with that pleased as punch and to get to then the feedback at the end from Zach who was one of the judges who said that he thinks that that was the best ever down the pub pitch so I was like and then Charlie came along um, with us. <laughs> um, but I think it was just so out, of, out of, not of was not normal for what I usually do you know I'm usually quite prepared and quite sensible and, so on, and I was like no it, I'm just going to smash the tuners to pieces um, so I really really enjoyed that episode and down the pub is always always fun um, another one that's memorable for me. Not necessarily like something from the episode itself. The whole episode was hilarious, but was the St. Patrick's Day episode that we did because it was the first time. It wasn't her first because of the way it was filmed and we had to film it much earlier than the middle of March. We had to film it earlier. But it was actually the first time Heather ever recorded with us. And Aww. as we love Heather. We love our lovely American nerd, lovely uh, of our friend across the sea. Um, and she was so nervous that first episode. She was so like, I asked her because I was like, I was trying to find out how she got in. So I was like, how did she get on that episode? And she confirmed it with me because I sent her a message. Was, like, I was just thinking with Alex the other day. We can't remember how you got onto History Hack. And she was like, she said, basically, Zach had put up a post on Facebook saying that we want people to join us any of our lovely patrons and so on if you want come along um and she said it popped up and i knew exactly what i wanted to do posted that i was interested um zach messaged me asking what my greatest moment would be and then i was in and promptly panicked the fuck out um and she's and she's still here she's still part of the down the pub gang she came over to the uk in october for the great war group conference where she ran about like madman for us for for three or four days and we just love her to bits and heather when will you please move to the uk so you can live with us forever and ever please yes
0: Yes. move
8: move over here because we love you um so that's another one. But I also want to talk, Zach mentioned it very, very briefly. And there's someone who his, makes History Hack what it is um, in a very visual way. Because obviously it's a podcast. You listen to it. There's there's a tangible, th- there needs to be something to bring everything together as a focal point. And that is the History Hack cartoons. Oh, <laughs> I, do you know what? I commanded him to be here and he's just so He's shy. not turned up. He's... The lovely, lovely, wonderful Steve Smith, who does all of the History Hack cartoons. We all have our favourites, um, and we can go around the room and say which ones. I mean, I went back and looked through my own cartoons because when he when they go up, I save them onto my computer. They've got me on them. So I've gone back into, like, the past and, and found them. Um, and some of my personal favourites, like, obviously, of course, we can't not mention Tinkerbell. Obviously, and the many, many forms in which I have turned up as Tinkerbell, traditional Tinkerbell, football kit Tinkerbell. There was also raunchy, sexy Tinkerbell as well. That was that was interesting. Um, I've also been a hobbit. No questions there about my height, please. Um, You know, been a first world war soldier, like, and he's done so many fantastic comments, like, a cartoons of people. Obviously, Zach said he's, you know, the naked pharaoh with no nipples. We love the pharaoh with no nipples. It's he's just he makes history hack visible to
3: people. They're so thoughtful as well. Like, even in his World War One uniform, has black heath putties on. Yeah, he will he will go away and he will look up each person and he will find out what they love and what they're into, and he'll yeah. try and work it into
8: the cartoon. It's- like with my Tinkerbell, he's got the, the football kit, so he does the baggies, and then he did a home kit for me and an away kit as well. Um, I've got the normal Tinkerbell. I've got a print of it here as well. He's just so, like, Zach's got a print. You, is it, It's the print of the pharaoh, Zach.
2: So it's a collage of a few of them. So you've got as Henry VIII with quite a significant codpiece out the front. You've got um, a takeoff of that famous Napoleon painting by David, where he's on Marengo. Um, there's one of me and Marcus fighting over the reputation of the 95th Rifles. And in the first version, Marcus was the one that was coming out on top. And so Marcus is about to be straddling me. And I turned around to Alex and said, Yeah, can we turn those heads around? Because we don't want Marcus <laughs> winning this. I'm the one who's going to come out on top. And he does these things. Mm. um there was a terracotta warriors one that just looked incredible with uh kit in there he He's never asked questions
3: either like the other day and when i returned one to him and said yeah this is awesome but for some reason the woman needs to be holding a guinea pig and he doesn't even bat an eyelid He's like, no
8: this is just the usual craziness of- mm. it gets fine. one of my favorites is the one it's it's not a funny one it's one um one when we did the History of Colour episode, Alex, and we're in really nice, like, slinky, fashionable gowns, and it's like, oh, yeah, really nice. Um, But he just, he's he's just, he makes History Hack visible to everyone on social media. Uh, He makes the face of History Hack. And surely, you know, everyone, uh, how many people, when we're on podcasts, when we're doing the episodes and people say, can't wait to see what my is going to be? We
3: have people, historians don't we Alina that have done this just to get a cartoon
4: oh yeah I remember that just it's like oh I'll,
3: I'll do it only if I get a
8: cartoon yeah, yeah. do I get a cartoon uh yeah okay I'm in yeah All right. <laughs> so I think a big round of applause and thank you for Mr Steve Smith being so wonderful uh thank you very much Steve for making History Hack in a visible presence so yeah. I think those are my most memorable things I mean I could talk forever as we know there was a list of different things there was a list of different moments but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it on on that one with a big thank you to Steve while she's able to speak
3: Alina I remember you getting you went you were so excited about Rana Mitter saying yes that you went full cockney and rung me up and started ranting about how you had Rana Mitter and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Is this a person? I just didn't manage it, woman? I have no idea who you're talking about. because you were so excited. You went fully to London.
4: I do tend to sometimes, I keep trying to do my posh accent, but sometimes when I'm around you, I, my East London slips out.
3: So I keep I trying the to... The ones that got you massively excited. Obviously, they're all depressing. Um, you were All very great. excited about Frank McDonough. was it Michael Scott as well you got really- oh, I love Michael Scott and the Hercules one that we did that was a really good one uh, Sergei
4: Rachenko. only because I like saying his name Sergei Rachenko.
3: <laughs> he is also a very good historian Elena
4: oh he's a fantastic I love him he's a, I had such a laugh it. you were like sitting there going what are we talking about I was like communism
3: Communism 1956. David Star, you fell in love with a little bit as well. Well, with oh, his yes. So he's the Australian, and he didn't he do um Barbarossa, didn't he? He did. David Star was
4: absolutely phenomenal. Do you know what I've got to tell you? My favorite one, my favorite episode, and don't laugh
3: at me, my favorite episode was Spencer Jones. Oh, he was brilliant. Do you know why? Spencer. Because you looked you logged on to that going. I don't even know what fucking bow war is. What is it? This is shit. It's gonna be so boring. <laughs> and by the end of it, you'll be like, hey, Spencer marry me <laughs> Don't say that out loud. You might listen to that. He told you the story. Do you know your favourite bit was the Churchill prison escape? But in your head, you were picturing an old fat man with a cigar trying to run away from a train. And we were like, no, he was young and hot at this point. And we showed you a picture. She was fully immersed in the Boer War at that point. She was just,
4: oh, this is the best podcast ever! (laughs) (laughs) there were a couple of those that we did that i was just like holy shit i didn't realize that this is actually really sorry that sounds really awful it i I am not trying to say that history is boring i
3: mean some aspects of history are boring like boats but you know it's it's there was it you were massively excited about the um we had a maritime archaeologist on and you were like oh um but one, he was very pretty, and two, he was brilliant and talking about Atlantis and stuff as well. And you were fully you you boat geeked out for that hour.
4: Oh, that was great! And he invited us to go uh, to go uh, diving with him, didn't no, he? No,
3: you invited yourself. To so go. I invited
4: myself. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I don't mind. I want to go. That sounds like so much fun. But no, the, no, the best one with Spencer Jones, was mm-hmm. in April,
3: twenty twenty
4: one. You did. Yeah, that was probably one of the hardest podcasts I've ever
3: done in my life. Like you had to, didn't you do? You basically took the piss out of James. It was a video game plot, and only one person noticed that you were punking everybody. Right? It was oh, eight. Yeah, totally. Did it for. How many downloads did we get for that?
4: I mean, quite a lot, didn't we? Yeah. And people actually believed that the Castle Wolfenstein plot was <laughs> real. <laughs> I still, I still, I'm still amazed that people actually believe that because Spencer and I were, were, were really pushing it. We were making shit up, like totally, you know. So, for example, that he found all of these documents and um, he had to get me to translate them. And I was like, how are we going to get away with this shit? I know Polish historians are going to go, Elina, you're checking shit.
3: But yeah. it worked. Zach, who have we got left?
2: Well, it's me and Charlie, but I think we need to go to Charlie first. Charlie, I'm guessing we're going to get some girly SWAT moments out of you because oh. I'm with Beth. Her Tudor rant was my best down the pub moment ever.
10: Do you and know? I think you that. Came
2: along and I just went, <laughs> okay,
10: <laughs> scrap
2: what I just said, and Beth was not happy at all.
10: Yeah, that that episode where we did most overdone subject was. So special because I think this is this something that we all feel very very deeply that there are bits of history that obscure what we would like to talk about and what we would like to see on the television and I'm totally hundred percent with Beth on you know just a, a general boredom of the Tudors unless. We're talking to Dr. Owen Emerson, who's assistant curator at Heaver Castle, who is just a brilliant guest. And I loved having him on so much. That's definitely one of my favorite moments. Um, but back to this particular episode. So my most memorable moment was my absolute slam dunk win with talking about the history of men as history's most overdone topic. Now, Alex was the only person who knew I was going to do this. I knew as well.
8: You told me when I came
10: to the you. That's it. But Alex kept me until last, which is great, because it means you're kind of closing the show. You're going to be in the judges' minds. But it also puts you at a slight disadvantage because you've been drinking for, I think at that point, I'd been drinking for two hours and 20-odd minutes. I'd done a bottle of Prosecco. I'd got this beautifully written pitch and I managed to get get through it, but I listen back to it now and I just laugh so hard because I was so tipsy. But I did make a really, really, really good point about my homegirl, Barbara Villiers, which I think Beth has got queued up for me. Writing as I have been about Barbara Villiers has been a constant frustration because the letters in her own hand that survive are few and far between, and some of those are letters that have been rewritten from memory by the man she wrote them to aged 17. And please, God, do not let me be remembered by what I wrote to boys when I was 17. So we turn to the available primary sources, all written by men. And there you have it. Countless biographies of women based solely upon what men wrote about them. Writing a serious history in this way would be like sitting down in 400 years time. trying to write about Hillary Clinton using only Facebook. Short of banging my head against the wall, I'm not sure how I propose we change this. Look, if I can bring Barbara Villiers and Hillary Clinton down the pub with me, I'm a happy, happy bunny. Um, But I think that what we've managed to build with this crazy little down the pub family of history nerds is so special. And I love hearing everybody's pitch when we get together. And, and when you guys rant, it just warms my heart. When Beth went off on the Tudors, it was beautiful. Lockie, I wasn't even on the episode where you went after Saloon Doors, but I listened to it afterwards and I, I just nearly cried laughing at that because it was brilliant. And Alex's Bridgerton, we've got to get a link up to that at some point because it was really special. Oh,
3: do you know what? We'll end the episode with the Bridgerton rant. How's that? Because I've got oh. to feed up. Thank the you. I've ever
10: done because it was so bad. But um, in terms of memorable moments, just having the opportunity to to talk to people who I've I've admired and I've I've read their work for many years. So shout outs to John Healy, of course, who is the history teacher we all wish we had. Rebecca Reddell, J D Davis, talking about boats in uh, the restoration. So I'm very very happy to talk to him anytime. Annie Garthwaite, who came on and talked to Boney and I about her book, Cecily, where I got to go full Yorkist and not even conceal my historical bias. That was fabulous. And uh, Matt Lewis, Alex, you're just my absolute hero because I wasn't even meant to be on that episode. I just happened to be on Zoom.
3: And if you stay there, don't go anywhere <laughs> you're
10: going to want to hear this. Don't go anywhere because Matt Lewis is amazing. Do we have time to do another clip or is this just getting too much, guys?
3: Go for it. Zach can edit. Zach's going to it. he do make- it. People can listen to this.
10: So the, the great thing about having Matt Lewis come and talk to us is he actually drops some massive truth bombs on people and makes you completely re-examine the uh, case of the princes in the
9: tower everybody is a fraud so as i said at the start for my money two missing princes two pretenders far too much of a coincidence lots and lots doesn't add up about the official traditional stories and i think you can pick it apart without ever being able to prove what i'm saying i get to glory in the fact that i can't prove what i'm saying but you can't disprove it
3: (laughs) wow um charlie is the biggest ricardian in the room
10: Oh, I I'm, I'm just, my mind is completely blown. I, I completely agree with you that it's often not in what is said, but what's not said that speaks so much. And the fact that all those people who would have known those boys were, were involved in this and, and that that Elizabeth of York couldn't say, Hey, that's my brother, because you know, what would happen if you say that kid is my brother. He's dead.
9: He's got to go. And I think part of the perkin Warbeck story that's interesting is that having spent five years or more trying to take Henry VII's throne, he's captured and initially he's placed in a kind of really loose house arrest at court. His wife is put into the household of Elizabeth of York and although we have no record of Perkin and Elizabeth of York meeting, I find it impossible that she wouldn't have talked to Catherine Gordon, his wife, about who he was and and what she knew and all of that kind of thing, I find it impossible Elizabeth wouldn't have been curious enough to to make efforts to see him or talk to him. And why why would Henry the Seventh be willing to allow this person who has challenged his throne like like that for so long? Why would he just let him live under house arrest in the royal palace? Seems like utter <laughs> utter madness. Unless he's your wife's brother, who she doesn't particularly want you to murder. <laughs>
10: Mic drop, just total mic drop moment. Having Matt Lewis in to talk about how you know, the princess in the tower may not have even been killed. That yeah. episode is, you just have to listen to the whole thing. It's an hour of your life, very, very well spent. So I'm very grateful that History Hack has allowed me to be a part of this, has allowed me to be completely prejudiced. Um <laughs>
3: Either, did I not even buy you a white rose pin?
10: You bought me a white rose pin for Christmas. And I believe me, I was so touched by that. Thank you so much. So I've, I'm going to see Matt Lewis in April at an event with my mother. I have warned him to check that the restraining order is still valid.
3: Excellent. Uh, I would rank the Robin Hood one up there with that as well for Mike drop. Oh, my God, moments. Uh, if you haven't yet listened to the Robin Hood thing, I, there's a chance he's royal just going to drop that into the conversation so get your ass to the uh, Robin Hood episode with Thor Ewing as well who's spectacular.
2: Well, it, Charlie touches on something here and you kind of you thank us Charlie mm. but there, there is a, a point that certainly for, for me and Alex and Alina and and Matt who've been involved in kind of organizing all of this the reason we turn around to people like you like Beth like Lockie like Kit and so on, is because when you're putting a show like this together, you want people who not only know their shit, but can deliver a performance. And that's people like you guys. And it's I often say this about podcasting. It's the guests that make the shows. And you are part of, you're part of the extended family, but you're also guests to the show and it's because you bring your A games to these down the pubs and to the recordings. That they work and that people keep tuning in. So you know, you thank us, but thank you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Shall I
2: move things on before we all get very teary? Yeah, I my have to heart. Say just to f- that. I'm ready <laughs> to jump
8: in with some more sappiness. I can do it.
2: Go on, Beth. Go on.
8: Oh, oh, you really want to? Okay. <laughs> oh, it's ready to just be shut down. No, Beth. stop talking. I mean, I can't probably
3: either. We won't just edit it out. But I mean, there is that. That's <laughs>
6: Possibly. But the, time, the times that I've actually been on and been a guest is a bit weird, you know, because yeah. essentially you get interviewed by your mate and it's just, well, hang on a minute. Where do I jump in here and where do I start talking or do I just talk or, or what? Because I'm, I'm used to either kind of asking the questions or sort of talking for five minutes and then being grilled or, or whatever it is. So they're, they're some of the weirdest ones, actually, when I've had to present on information that I know, you know, I'm actually doing a proper podcast. Oh, right. OK, slight change.
1: That was also, brilliant with
3: the trolling as well. We got trolled, Alina and I, for episode three because she was interviewing me about George V, and apparently not enough of it was actually about George V. And I was like, to be fair, at that point, asshole, we were running on about two minutes sleep in a week and a half, um, and frankly, the fact that we were still able to form words was a miracle. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Beth are you gonna jump in
8: well i was I was just gonna reiterate you know yeah you, you thanked us as as well, but it really has history hack over the last it's i mean we are shockingly almost coming up on two years, which is fantastic that it's been two years of history hack but also horrible there's been two years of pandemic <laughs> um, so it's a double edged sword really, but it really has broadened so many peoples you know contributing to people you know people who have no no understanding of the the of any topics you know some of the topics we've had have been so obscure but it's brought people all together it's brought us all together um and i think i speak for everyone like who not just the few of us who are here today but the wider down the pub the titanic next nancy sex cheaters um the without the last two years would have been completely shit without the lot of you just to clarify for does
6: all that you? need an explanation i think it yeah does. probably yeah, it does. Locker Locker you. It really does well no well, we, it's our little kind of group that we are, are in on uh, twitter we've got a little private group where we chat through things and kick <laughs> ideas around and insult marcus um <laughs> <but it's, laughs> uh, and yeah, and James. C- and, well, no, we just insult each other. Each other,
3: basically.
6: Yeah, Clive catches quite a lot of flack in that group, doesn't he? Lovely. But he Clive.
3: also dishes enough of it out as well. <laughs>
6: yeah. But, but we're called the Titanic Nazi sex Tudors because what do people love to hear about? Well, if it's not the Titanic, then it's the Nazis or it's sex and the Tudors. I'll oh, just lump them all together. There we go. We're the Titanic Nazi sex Tudors. Go.
2: <laughs> Let me do my most memorable moments. I'll try not to drag this out. I came up with three um and they kind of tie in with themes that have kind of come out of what we've said already the first one I'm going to go with is self-indulgent it's my personal best so this wasn't my first down the pub my first down the pub and this was a kind of a revelation moment for me I was knackered after doing a, a fortnight of daily podcasts in Waterloo um, and Alex said get your ass down the pub don't care that you haven't prepped you're just going to sit there and vegetate and I got told that i was doing a pitch and i think it was something like weirdest death and i ended up doing a guy who died whilst having sex on a piano that was rising up in some kind of sleazy stripper joint Um, (laughs) (laughs) and there was this really weird dichotomy going which is precisely why alex made me do it of ultra straight laced me and i'm straight laced at the best of times but back then i was even more so then doing this incredibly sleazy sex story, um, and I made this crappy joke about what goes up, not coming down. And the rest of you just howled with laughter. I thought it was kind of one of those moments. See, Charlie's just died.
0: Any hard <laughs> retelling it?
3: Really just gone. Especially my... like your very first time you decided to start venturing onto the dark side with the rest of us. I think you used the phrase Hitler's baby juice.
2: No, this is where I'm going. This is oh, where I'm yeah. going. So this is my personal best. This was the down the pub conspiracy theory where, yes, within a, a context that made sense, I coined the term Hitler's baby juice.
3: Zach had picked this next candidate and she's been whining ever since because she considered it hers and didn't know that it was already gone. So, Zach, what did you go for?
2: Uh, I went for, frankly, what is the daddy of conspiracy theories? Because for years, you all thought that the war ended when Hitler, on the 30th of April,
11: 1945, Oh no, please, no, 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 (laughs) not that one, please. Oh
2: yes. (laughs) When he gave cyanide to his wife, Ava Brown, and then shot himself in the head. You thought that his body was burnt with petrol, only to be discovered a few days later by the Soviets. But you were wrong. What actually happened, according to the testimony of private, sorry, pilot Peter Baumgart, is that Hitler and Eva flew to Denmark, boarded a different plane, flew to Spain, boarded a convoy of three submarines, not two, three submarines, arrived in Argentina, flew to Bariloche, a known haven in Argentina for Nazi war criminals, and then died on the 13th of February 1962 after having multiple heart attacks. Now this has been kept quiet for years. People trying to enlighten the world have been sent death threats, and I'm quoting the internet here, (laughs) presumably from shamed Nazi sympathising nations and bitter exam boards who don't want to update their exam syllabuses. Now admittedly there is some dispute over the exact details of what Hitler did after escaping Germany, because he might actually have gone to a secret Nazi base in Antarctica. Although in 2018, scientists very helpfully confirmed that Hitler definitely wasn't living on a secret Nazi base on the moon. But according to the internet, again, he did have a daughter with Eva, who is actually Angela Merkel. Although some sources do suggest that the whole Angela Merkel thing might have been set up by the Americans, the Vatican and the Soviets using Hitler's how do I put this? Um, frozen baby juice, shall we say? <laughs> ah. Oh, yeah. Why did um, I just look is...
10: at the pina colada? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it's... So there you have it. Yeah, that was um, it goes on um, and I do the proper history stuff after that. But yes, the just that Hitler's baby juice, the pina colada of vindication. It all just came together in a very... Um, Kind of messy but hilarious moment. I've talked about great guests already um, because the it is all about the guests, and you don't know what's going to turn up. At the best of times, and we've we've had divas who will remain nameless, um, but those people that you pin them down to an interview seventy two hours beforehand, and then ask for pointers because we believe it or not, we actually prep these things. We don't just rock up and say whatever weird shit comes into our heads. Um, And then they turn around and go, yeah, you can buy my book on Amazon. And you just sort of think, yeah, great. Um, So you want me to to buy the book, prep within 48 hours, get you the questions, and then you work out what you're going to say.
3: And you're thinking, I'm giving you free publicity.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So so there's those types of people. But then all of that, when you're talking to celebrities, inverted commas, it it goes to another level because you don't know quite what you're going to get. Um, And this is from a recent interview that Matt and I did with Simon Scarrow, where he just turned out to be one of the nicest people and was incredibly generous with his time, incredibly funny. Um, And this is him slapping down a troll, frankly, into the middle of next week. And it's just perfect.
5: Take the mask off. Well, you know, we, we were talking about some of the fun lessons you, you you received earlier about names and things like that. Do you, do you have any of, of those sort of moments you want to share that just sort of make this sort of t- tickle you when you look back? Are you that? talking about
7: the embarrassments we talked about before the recording or? Yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had this guy write to me and say, Scarrow, you dickhead, didn't you know, before he was the Duke of Wellington, everybody knows his name was Arthur well- Wellesley. So why are you calling Arthur Wesley, idiot? so i uh, you know basically five seconds on wikipedia would have sorted that query out i mean bless the guy he's, he's written a letter you know he sat down and penned it by hand he's gone to the post office he paid for the stamp put it on the thing and sent it to to my publisher who then sends it on to me and he could have saved himself all of that effort if he had gone to wikipedia and discovered that the the family was originally called the wesleys but when richard his older brother inherited the title. He didn't want them to be confused with that awful hymn composing family with those sort of dirges that the Wesleys came up with. So he sort of said, no, 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 we're going back to an earlier version of the name that they hadn't used for sort of three centuries. So, um, you know, that happens.
2: So that one went out really recently, actually, and it's just kind of one of those moments when you, you as Alex and Alina were talking about earlier, you don't know quite who's going to turn up. Um, but sometimes you, you get people who turn up and they're just brilliant. Um, and, and Simon bless him was, was one of those, but the last one, Alex isn't going to like this, but I'm going to make her, well, I'm doing the edit anyway. So she's just going to be forced to uh,
3: listen to, to this. Shut up for this.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, cause I'm going to be nice to her, um, yeah, which isn't, crazy. Something... <laughs> it's not something that I do very often on this show, um, because my job is to basically tell her to do shit um and she just goes mm, yeah fine you're my chief of staff it happens but with
3: quite amenable as long as there's a gym break in this so- yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: this is true um but the whole point about being a podcaster is that you need to know when to sit down and shut the hell up right and there are plenty of podcasts out there where people don't get that basic point and they think that the the thing to do is to bang on about how it's all about them and all the knowledge that they have and how everything relates to things that they know about. Now, the point about History Hack is that we have a basic realization that we are there to get the guest to shine. And in the process of doing that, you don't hear, I'm not very good at this actually, so I talk about Napoleonic shit quite a lot, but Alex is particularly good at just letting the guest talk and kind of coaxing them to reveal more information. And as a result of that, you don't get to see Alex shining in the way that she really can. Because when this woman turns on the style, boy, does she bring an absolute A game. And there are a few of these. The Bridgerton rant is going to come out at the end. Um, There's an episode. I think we're doing another down the pub and we're talking about Martin Luther King. And again, the same thing happens. But the extract I'm going to use, listen to it. Because what you get is Alex Churchill bringing just an absolute class display of eloquence, demonstrating that this is, frankly, as I've said for a hell of a long time, a woman who needs her own TV show, who is the next great person in popular TV history. Alex is looking like she's going to vomit in the corner (laughs) right now. Um, But on top of that, especially if you listen to the, the last sort of, three minutes of this piece you can hear the emotion you've got a historian here who not only knows history but feels it too this is the prince philip wake episode
3: the question you always get asked is what about the nazi relatives which i know kate has already covered but i want to talk about his mum his mother is one of the righteous among nations which is the same award as oscar schindler For the work that she did, and this is a woman with severe mental health issues, who was in Greece by the time in Athens, living effectively a life of poverty uh, by World War Two, and spent some of World War Two protecting Jews from the Nazis. And for that reason, she is buried on the Mount of Olives. Is that how you say it? Buried on the Mount of Olives, or at the Mount of Olives? Whatever. Everyone's nodding. I don't think any of us really know. But yeah, so I always think that we should um, talk about his mum as well. He very. I suppose there was a glancing blow with possibly being driven towards a Nazi education and stuff. But then the exact reason they'd sent him to Germany to be educated was to be educated by uh, a Jewish guy who'd founded a successful school. And in the end, they sent him to that guy's school after he'd been persecuted out of Germany and Scotland. So I don't think they were ever really sort of entertaining the idea of him becoming involved with the Nazi regime at all. Uh, and it's just not part of his makeup at all, and it annoys me when people mention it because he spent six years fighting against the Nazis. So, Welp, part of a destroyer scream in the Pacific, there was one incident where they were going to they were using they were used as a screen for a bombing raid on oil refineries. Uh, this is the one where there's that rescue attempt on the crew of the bomber, so they get an SOS, and uh, Philip has the ship turn around and make all speed. For the site where the bombers come down and they actually managed to rescue two of the guys unfortunately the others were caught by the Japanese and beheaded at Changi but the two that they rescued were Dickie Richardson and Gus Halliday and uh, the BBC actually linked them back up with Prince Philip 60 years later for a radio program called a Wright Royal Rescue which is really worth trying to get hold of so again there was sort of a daring act of going off to rescue full speed this bomber uh they had been in the water and they couldn't get their life raft to work so it was quite timely when they did arrive as they really were in trouble so he's at sea on vj day uh, they were actually on their way to help invade japan when the bomb was dropped at hiroshima and they just got to guam when nagasaki happened uh, and Welp was actually one of the first allied ships to enter japanese waters because uh, she was escorting the us flagship into tokyo on the second of september and, uh, he was on that flagship to to witness the Japanese surrender as well. And I'm sure we'll get later on to the incident where he refused to meet with a certain Japanese dignitary afterwards. Um, well, that's basically his war. He doesn't actually get home till January 46 because they're, they're put on collecting POWs and bringing them back. Uh, and I think he finds life quite boring in the immediate aftermath of the Second World War when he gets back and gets given a fresh command. But as you can see, none of those medals, uh, ceremonial he earned them all if nothing else then and you say oh I don't care about the royals but if nothing else we've lost a brave veteran of the second world war this week and I think that certainly should be remembered
2: and Charlie was was hosting there that was uh, Prince Philip's wake uh, kind of down the pub episode that we did when the Duke of Edinburgh died but like I say you can hear the emotion there and and this ties into the the last thing that we're probably going to talk about which is sort of where we are going next but for god's sake if somebody's listening to this and they're some kind of agent or they're looking for somebody to present a belter of a series you have somebody who knows their research who isn't going to do the very basic bitch history of let's trot out all of the tired old myths and you know read the wikipedia page and turn that into a tv documentary She's got the skills, she's got the talent, she feels the history. For God's sake, make her the focus of a TV show because she's bloody brilliant.
3: I'm laughing because I'm just remembering that someone called me a Renton expert on Facebook <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> someone who literally knows nothing about nothing, apart from how to be bitter and twisted. But never mind.
2: We won't name any names. We managed to no. do quite a good job of avoiding that. Uh, today. <laughs> But let's talk about the future, because, you know, we, we've reminisced for a couple of hours about the history of History Hack, but the kind of the future of History Hack matters. Alina, I want to come to you, first of all, on this, because you're back
1: on the hack.
4: I am. Sorry, I had to take, had to take myself off mute there. <laughs> um, I, I am back. I, I basically, a long story cut short, genius here decided it would be fun to take on extra work um didn't realize the extra work was going to literally consume my life beyond having a full time job so literally I was running two full-time jobs at the same time I'm kind of just about finishing it um I'm coming back on to do some pole position I've got some amazing people lined up I'm going to do a podcast wait for it people on the ugly building and if you don't know what the Ugly
3: building building. I suppose now you've moved to Warsaw you can obsess about it even more
4: oh my god I can obsess about it all day I'm, I mean I've got so much Polish history lined up I've managed to make new Polish contacts new Polish historians make friends with new people so and that's my biggest thing that's probably I mean look we've achieved a lot everybody here in this room including you know everybody who's not in this room that has been on History Hack we've achieved a shitload of stuff right and this has given me the opportunity to expand my own interest and my own knowledge in Polish history because nobody talks about it I know it's depressing Alex I know it's like I know you've been trying to find what was it the most- Nikolai and I are
3: still try to find a happy bit of Polish history there's a Polish exactly. person has a happy and you don't get to claim firing false Dimitri out of a cannon because that was the Russians
4: well funnily enough I might actually bring you in on a pole position because I've got someone that might have something for you
3: excellent jolly Polish so, history I'll drag Nikolai along as well
4: we can do it as a, as a dirty little phraseum. And, um, no, there's, th- there's so much stuff i want to do. There's still so much stuff that needs to be done. You know, there's so much history we haven't covered, like, so much more of my side of history because Alex keeps blocking me. So um, I think Holocaust, the
3: Holocaust episode a week's a bit much, but, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It is,
4: it is a lot, especially since we don't literally do a podcast a day, which is just insane, There to you. Um, I want to come back and do some more. I've got some great historians lined up anyway that would just, you know, blow your minds out of the water. And I spent a lot of time, I went to, I went to New Orleans. I got to know new people in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I know people. I went to New Orleans and got smashed um, and did history stuff. Did history stuff and got smashed just to be on the safe side um, and on the fun side. But yeah, know there's a lot of things that's, that, that are going to be going on. Polish history, most of all for me, which is the most important thing because nobody frigging talks about it because what's the problem, Polish historians? None of you speak English. Learn English. It's that fucking simple. Well, that's what we you do realise
2: that because you're saying that in English, though, and this is an English podcast, they won't have heard you. <laughs>
4: okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on, hold on one second.
2: Go on, say it in Polish and press us.
4: Panowie, panie, teraz ci mówię, się nauczyć angielsku, bo to jest masakra. Na serio. Dawajcie. That's enough,
2: that'll be enough for me. We've no, got no idea if up. she just called
3: us a bunch of wankers. Charlie say that that's a new merchandise bag slash mug slash t-shirt quote, did history stuff and got smashed. Yep. Although I still think no one's ever gonna top the greatest history hat quote of all time. Lockie, what was it?
6: <laughs> it it would have been really funny if all those people hadn't died.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Kit Chapman. <laughs> god bless you kit <laughs> <laughs>
2: on the subject of kit actually um, kit is going to be part of uh, one of the things we're doing going forward so a while back he said to me that we could do with doing a kind of a battles that made us mini series a bit like you know matt bones hedge um, but rather than doing the tired western europe Western Hemisphere stuff all the time, kind of taking it a bit more international, looking at battles that defined nations and made nations. And there will be some that people are familiar with. We're going to do one on Gallipoli. We'll do one on Little Bighorn. But we'll also do some that aren't so familiar. Um, So Kit and I are going to put our heads together and and put something together on that as a regular feature in the days that are coming. But the big announcement is that we're going to take History Hack on screen. (gasps) Oh! Oh. oh, well, cued there. I like that. It's almost like I prepped you for it. Um, so we've done a little bit of this. Uh, we've done a couple of dummies to see if it works. So we did this with the Simon Scarrow interview. We did it with Richard Cole when we were talking about um, recreate virtual reality and recreating past worlds. And the idea is to do. So, so there are two parts to this. One is to take the the standard podcast interviews and give you the video feeds for them that's one thing that we can do, but we want to be a bit more ambitious. We wanna give you some documentary style stuff that is filmed on location, inverted commas. So a mix of shorts um, and then some more feature length documentary style stuff. So Alex and I have been putting our heads together. We've got ideas for Portsmouth, historic dockyards. We've got ideas for uh, a Titanic tour of Southampton. We've got, we wanna go down to the beaches of Dorset and go fossil hunting.
3: There is a point to that. It's not just self-indulgent. Um, Completely self-indulgent, but we're still doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: weren't meant to admit to that, but yeah, basically. Um, so that's going to be kind of the, the the main focus of what we want to do going forward. We're still going to do all of the content. We're going to keep it going out three times a week. We're going to have these extra um, things from Kit and Alina going out, but we want to bring you documentary style stuff, kind of almost making a teeny weeny production company out of history hack flip side to that of course and this is where the begging comes in and i'm not even going to start apologizing for this is that it costs money you know there's there's decent cameras to be bought radio mics um all kinds of equipment editing software we need to hire people to do a professional job of the editing otherwise it's going to look crappy we need to if we're going to kind of get people to come down to these locations to interview them on location We've got to pay their travel expenses. We've got to pay them speaker's fees. We've got our own accommodation costs and travel expenses. Now, I'm not trying to break the violin out here, but all of that takes a lot of time and prep, which is fine, but it also takes a lot of money. So we will be looking at things like crowdfunding things for specific episodes and you know, the, the perks that we can kind of give you as a thank you to that. But the other thing you can do is kind of help us to keep this channel going and growing. So in part, you know about our um, merchandise shop that Boney's put together. You know, you can get Kit Chapman's quote on a mug. Who wouldn't want that? But you can also get it on a tote bag. You know, we're spoiling you here, people. Um, You can get all kinds of other merch. There's a bookstore if you wanna buy our guests books, they get a cut and we get a cut. Um, But also there's the kind of the sponsorship thing. So if you wanna give us tips, you know, one quid, three quid, however much you wanna spend, There's a a link. It'll be in the description for Kofi. You decide the amount uh, and we get that and it all helps. We put it into a pot to try and keep this thing going. And the Patreon subscriptions as well. Um, And much love to our Patreon supporters who keep this show going through that money that they chip in. If you are able to chip in with something, obviously times are hard. You've got a whole bunch of freelancers on this Zoom call you absolutely know that money is tight but if you can spare something it's massively appreciated but if you don't want to go down the money route just do something really simple follow us on twitter hit likes on our posts hit retweets uh, we're also on instagram and facebook most importantly if you like the show go leave a review on apple Podcasts because that had a massive impact on analytics and spread the word and spread the love um, and get in touch with us you know because we love to get the feedback from people i know we've bash the sort of one star reviewers who go oh I don't like that it's got lots of swearing on it but genuinely we love hearing from you guys it's because you keep tuning in that we keep going and that we've got the platform and we can kind of think up these crazy ass schemes so thank you all for that keep listening um and over to Alex and Alina to to wrap this thing up
3: I think Alina have you got any more quick have you got a list of any more shout outs you want to do
4: your favourite episodes? Uh, do you know what? You've done pretty much most of my favourite episodes. I mean, I, I want to thank, I didn't get a chance to thank you for the position because yeah. I did, and, and thank you for allowing me to start that up because it's given me such a great platform to be able to promote Village History, which has been absolutely incredible for me and myself and, and, and everybody around me. Like, for example, uh, Swavomir Dembski, so the deputy, uh, the director of uh, PSUM, uh, who I'm doing work for currently um god there's there's so many people I just because I'm currently driving everybody so I'm kind of my brain is all over the place with all the history people but uh, Roger Morehouse another one loved him you mentioned Frack Madonna um god uh Simon Hall we did mention Simon Hall very
3: excited And we didn't mention Matt Pope. Unless you mentioned Matt Pope and I missed it because I cut out. Ah, So I read out my list and I forgot Matt Pope. Matt Pope has been brilliant when he's been on and he's been on two or three times now. Another regular. I loved his Neanderthals episode. Yeah, there was me. I just cut
4: out and totally missed everything you said. But I'm going
3: to agree with everything you just said.
4: So yes, everything you just said, I totally agree with. (laughs) 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 I I want to thank my university lecturers. The ones who basically I called up last minute and said, hey, look, do you want to get onto History Hack? We need, I don't know, some pre-history or the Mennonites that I did with Charlie that one time. For example, you know, head out, Birkbeck University, if you are looking to do a history degree. Do you know what? Bollocks this. I'm going to big up my university right now. If you want to go and do a history degree and you don't have the chance and the only time you've got to do it is in the evenings,
3: head to Birkbeck University. Echo. (laughs) everything you guys said it's been a blast it's great um it's not easy being the scrappy little underdog um with no financing and no rich relatives and stuff like that um but we're managing to tick over at the moment but uh not not to the extent that anyone's getting paid for any of the (laughs) inventive hours they put into this podcast so it would be nice it would be appreciated um but we didn't, we didn't get in this to make it rich. But it is hard, isn't it, sometimes to watch some of the other massively funded things come in and undercut you and swipe the shiny guests and stuff. And it's just like, OK, we'll just sit here in the corner like peasants. Uh, but so many people have taken a punt on us. Um, and we love you all. And I think we're going to leave you with um, my rendition of why Bridgerton is a pile of shit, which was my own personal favourite moment preach Uh, it's as if jack the ripper wasn't quite exciting enough for the people that made it but but no i actually have gone a different way because i discovered like no one's been to a cinema we're talking about films when was the last time anyone set foot inside a cinema there are no cinemas anymore what do we have we have netflix and what has netflix given us in the last few weeks it's given me a headache that's what right i am gonna uh, because like this isn't a film this is eight hours. Of agony. The brain behind what I'm about to crap all over is a big brain. It's Shonda Rhymes. I'm loath to say anything bad about the woman who gave me Grey's Anatomy and Christina Yang. When I was a young, impressionable, and miserable girl working in a bar, she gave me a character who didn't give a damn if she was pretty or liked by the boys, who knew what she wanted and went out to get it, trampled everyone in her way, and even wore a fucking nappy to work if it got ahead. Her her Christina taught me that girls who don't fit the mold are the ones that win she taught me i was not i I was not the only sarcastic brainy and cynical one out there and that i should own it she taught me i'm pretty sure how to do open heart surgery if the need ever arises and she taught me how to dance it out but Shonda also gave us how to get away with murder, which deserves a whole rant of its own, and scandal, which showed much promise, but then, well, scandal indeed, where a political message trumped all semblance of believable television, where in the act of proving, in inverted commas, that a black woman could run Washington, she was simultaneously having the same woman turn to mush every time the rich, powerful white man snapped his fingers. We had a plot that looked like it had been packaged up, dropped from a great height, peed on by an angry tramp, then his dog, then set on fire before it was finally delivered to the hands of the actors who were supposed to make it work. And Bridgerton, I'm afraid, is more of the same. Shonda, girl, you've let us all down. What can this television giant give us, girls? She can give us eight hours of sexist crap that would see Emmeline Pankhurst roll over in her grave and drown in her own vomit, that's what. There's the message, it has a message, that ethnic minorities can have lead roles in period pieces if the showrunner is a big enough deal. Were it not for the novelty of having persons of colour, sorry, one colour because this axe only grinds one way, in leading roles in a costume drama, along with gratuitous and pretty unconvincing shagging at every turn, this would have been blissfully anonymous. As it is, my eyes have barely stopped bleeding." As a historical representation, it is woeful. It's not just lazy, it's bone idle. Someone in an office went, let's do Jane Austen. People love that shit. And someone else went, yeah, but let's add sex and minorities. And their end if any allusion to the fact that this was set at the turn of the 19th century, other than a lack of cars and smartphones. There's not a single mention of any history. Nelson, no. That pesky little fella Napoleon? No, because then you know someone behind this drudgery might have actually had to pick up a book. It's not just lazy, it's sexist. Daphne is such a sap that she needs a man to tell her how to flick her bean. I'm not joking. And her maid to tell her how babies are made. Women in this nightmare reality are there to look pretty and spawn. They have a worse lot than in actual historical reality. And yet this is being touted as progressive, which if you were creating a better world, you might've wanted to address at least that in some part. These women are literally defined by what male characters can afford to buy for them and how they intend to find one of these men. They've created a world where a girl can't even go for a breather in the garden for risk of bumping into a perfectly innocent penis fully clothed, and having herself ruined. Now that's a message and a half for the girls. But whatever, it's about entertainment, right? The plot, Jesus wet. So the first third of this revolves around the nonsensical idea that Daphne and Simon, two more uninspiring names you could not have thought of for a period drama, Simon, for a period drama, uh, they have to pretend to be in love. Seriously, there's no justification for it at all. As far as she's concerned, it's to make other men notice her, right? And he's supposed to spend his entire life out of the country ignoring his responsibilities. So why he should suddenly feel the need for this charade isn't clear anyway. Anyway, they do fall in love. Imagine my surprise. I've lived with this plot line before. I could probably have lived with it again. So then these two people are forced into marriage by stumbling across each other in the garden at which point despite being madly in love they are angry at each other for like two episodes more of drudgery then basically the plot is done with half the episodes left to go because they're married so we launch into this utter bore fest about a poor little rich boy and is agonizing about whether to pull out or not no i'm not joking He tells her he can't have kids, which despite it being the 18th century or 19th century, we're given no justification for. I, for one, assumed his knob had been severed in a hideous accident until the gratuitous shagging started. No, it just turns out that he didn't like his dad, who left him the title and the infinite money and all the other trappings of wealth, and had sworn that the line would die with him. Cue raging, stropping and hair pulling when Daphne finds out from her presumably slutty, seeing as every woman without a title in this dress, maid, uh, who tells her how sex is supposed to end. This lasts for three episodes. They're still madly in love, but they're going to live apart because, well, because they're all signed up for eight episodes and we need to string this out a bit longer. And then randomly before the end credits, while we jump forward nine months and she has a baby. Wait, what? Were they hoping for a 12 episode order and they just dumped the others in the bin? Don't even get me started on the side plots. Polly Walker, I love her. Trust into a corset and panicking about where her dress allowance is coming from. There's an array of blokes with ever more extravagant quips shagging their way around London, variously moaning about the burdens of being disgustingly rich and about the fact that life might throw up a tiresome responsibility or two in exchange and constitute an interruption to their philandering. But it gets worse, even as a piece of alternate history. It is shallower than tooting Lido in a drought. In fact, it's a racially insulting shit show. Asian lives don't matter. Brown lives don't matter, which as a brown person is really beginning to get my goat across the board. For the purposes of this, we're supposed to believe that George III's queen was the fairest skinned black lady you've ever seen in your life. And that instantly race barriers then melted away and Britain is now a multicultural society. To make this work, All the actual minorities that could have been portrayed here have just been deleted from history because it makes a better picture on screen. You honestly would have just been better off not referencing anyone's skin colour in this at all because it would just be as bland as everything else and nobody really cares and it would have been fine. But because they've made this minimal effort is wasted explaining this seismic change concerns how the characters are going to make sure that nobody takes this power away from them again that's literally the only reference to it which is what makes it so insulting wrapped in silks and sipping champagne obsessing over nonsensical gossip magazine they're not in the least bit concerned for anyone else and no point does any one of them mention let alone express any distaste for you know the slave trade, which is still going on at this moment. You'd think if you were a black man and a Duke in 1804, you might have at least wagged a finger in the general direction of the Atlantic in between social functions. But let's go below stairs. Any woman who isn't part of the aristocracy in this farce is a promiscuous slutbag shoehorned into the plot, vagina first, be it the filthy opera singer looking for a meal ticket, or the pregnant wench trying to con a potential husband before her baby bump begins to show. Sorry, I'm so angry it takes about six episodes before you otherwise see a representation of an actual poor person and then they may as well have been shat out of a ufo carriage driven by elvis and pulled by the loch ness monster for how they are regarded by the main characters yes assholes these people all over your land work their fingers to the bone so that you might fund the party season they don't like you join the dots Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Bridgerton, television progress indeed. A lazy, sexist, mildly racist, elitist, intellectually insulting, shallow clusterfuck of epic proportions, hiding behind expensive outfits, shiny lights and string arrangements of Taylor Swift songs. A clusterfuck that rewrote history and still cast the fat ginger girl as the one who would die without ever knowing the touch of a man. She does at least have the last laugh over all the other fuckbags even if she's going to die shriveled, unattractive and alone, she was the single person in it with any remotely endearing quality, apart from Ben Miller, who lurked in the background looking like he wanted to kill himself and his agent. Abort, <laughs> like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I kind of sat on the fence with that, right?
10: Yeah.
8: Just a little bit. I mean, come on, Alex, tell us what you really think. <laughs> I forgot. Oh,
6: apart, from, apart from all that, it was all right, was it?
8: Yeah, other than that, it just—it was Boney's
3: fault. Boney's wife made it watch, it. he was like, put this on, put this on, and tell me what you think. And then that was it. We were both hooked to see how the car crash ended so that we could slag it off with full, like, knowledge. <laughs> go on, wrap it up, Zach.
2: How do you wrap up from that, Christ? Um, <laughs> people, I repeat what I say, employ Alex Churchill for a multi-part suit. Look, if you want to do the proper history behind Bridgerton, there you go. You know, many, many more ideas could could come forward. Um, But seriously, I go back to what I said earlier. So everybody who's listened, to everybody who supports us, who likes, who retweets, who's a Patreon supporter, who's tipped us, who spreads the word, thank you all for getting us so close to a million downloads in less than two years. We love you all, genuinely. We particularly love, and I say this as part of the production team, we particularly love, the bunch of reprobates that we, we adore so much down the pub. Um, have a very, very happy new year. And we look forward to bringing you some more stuff very soon.
3: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.